Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday the 9th of February 2014. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Robert Kemp and Zachary Burgess. He made a noise. It was nearly a word at some point. How are you supposed to pronounce that? What was it? Rontinogen or something? Rontgenium? Rontgenium? It's like R-O-E-N-T-G-E-N-I-U-M. That guy was called Rontgen, wasn't he? Rontgen. The guy that's named after, obviously. It's Where was he from? Rontgen. like Denmark or something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the beard, like all chemists. <laughs> oh no, wait, that's not him. That's the guy who made it rather than the guy it's named after. Wait, uh-huh. or is it named after a place? No, that mm. is that's that, that is physicist oh, yeah. Wilhelm Röntgen. Oh, but it's it's a German name, so the O should have an umlaut, except for it doesn't on the element. But that's that, probably why. Is that? Uh, but then is that pronounced Ront like that? Well, no, but in the element it's O E, whereas in his name it's just the O umlaut. So they've right. tried to recreate the umlaut by putting an O E. But that's not yeah. even the same sound. Rund. Oh yeah, Rund. it is. It is Rund. Or runt. It's more runt. Like, it's a long O for the low O. Yeah. Runt genium. That's why that looks weird. Because apparently, in, I guess in scientific naming convention for elements, you weren't allowed to have accents on letters. Wait, is that one of those elements that's not actually been discovered? Or, like, it, they know it's <laughs> there, but, but they haven't. Because, like, things are these no, like. You have to actually synthesize it for it. For it to be on the chart, yeah, right? It's not, it. it's not okay. up in the in the hundred thirteens, is it? It's only hundred eleven. That must be one of the last the last ones that they've bothered the name. Mm. One of the last elements that actually has a stable form that lasts long enough to care about, rather than all the ones past one hundred thirteen, which decay in like half a minute, like a millisecond. Mm. So no one really gives a shit about those. They, but they still made names. them for that. Yeah, they still made half a millisecond, or whatever. Yeah, I don't think you can. Uh, Say, oh, this probably exists, and not have made it for a millisecond, and 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 put it on the chart. Has to be yeah. made. It was just the way they described the category as unknown, probably transition metal. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's because it fits in the periodic table under under the transition metals. Yeah, true. But if it doesn't exist, what is its half life? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why does this table not have a really obvious thing that tells you it's half? On the last page, probably did. Wolfram probably had it. There you go, 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Oh, that's quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. But Why can you not? Name, clearly. Mm. Mm. Convenient. So, <laughs> elementary. Science time over. <laughs> science time is over. <laughs> what time is it now? Yeah, no more science is allowed for the next two hours. <laughs> Oh dear, we have to get all the science out of the way. Didn't has anyone got any science stuck in their system just waiting to burst forth? Well, I heard Stephen Hawking said that there aren't any event horizons in like a paper which was like two two pages long or something. Which you can't really blame him for considering it takes him forever to talk. Well, he uh, he was like saying that, that um, instead of a proper event horizon where information is lost or whatever, because he's been working, his whole career is on black holes, basically, right? Yeah, and that Hawking obviously. radiation stuff made his name and is probably his most significant contribution to science is the Hawking radiation stuff. Um, yeah. But he's saying instead of an actual event horizon, that actually means that information 
you know, it ends up lost in there. It's just an apparent horizon. And actually light that light gets absorbed into a black hole can eventually escape just after a very, very long time. <laughs> So that it's was not just, a, that was just what the Hawking radiation was basically for. That was well, the, no, that was the, 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 so yeah. that was like the fix for the information paradox. Basically, it was like no. nothing could come out apart from the radiation inherits the information of the stuff that's falling in. Basically, yeah, but I think this is something new, right? Because the Hawking radiation Probably. was like based on because like the the two particles randomly appear right that are entangled, and one is on the inside of the event horizon and is lost, and the other one is on the outside, but it's still entangled, right? Yeah, With the other one. That, that's how the information doesn't get destroyed basically right but he's saying something well he's saying another thing that's sort of similar but basically apparently there were some dudes recently who said so because apparently traditionally like when you're falling into the event horizon when you pass it you don't really notice anything special happening it's not like some Obviously, because it is very. It's important. not like an actual physical object. Exactly. Or a or exactly. <laughs> it's not like you hit a sudden wall and a like, sudden wall. Oh, but but these other everything, dudes, everything past this point has gone black. <laughs> Recently, these other dudes are saying, "Yes, it is like a wall, and it's like a firewall, and you like burn up almost immediately the moment that you hit it." Well, that's um, probably also sort of true because of just the gravitational forces. It, 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 I mean, everything no, is no, no. at that point anyway. No, yeah. it's apart. You get from, torn apart. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Depending on the size of the black hole, you might yeah, not even notice because the t- be quite shallow. Yeah, because the tidal oh, because forces reckon- might not be that strong when you pass the event horizon of the supermassive black hole in the middle of the galaxy. It's so big. Well, the event horizon is so, you know, diameter is so massive that the actual local gravitational forces when you pass through it are actually not enough to. Oh, but yeah, does this mean you'll notice. inevitably be fucked? Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah well, yeah. It, well, if a, if it is a true event so horizon, just, then yes, you the are though, inevitably then, fucked. You wouldn't, but you wouldn't know you were both. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> no, exactly, oh, that's not the worst at all. Because there must come a point, like some moment after that, where you're just like, oh crap, oh crap, <laughs> I've the event horizon. But how would you tell? You wouldn't be able to see anything yeah. else. Oh, wait, no, you would be able to see things outside, right? Because someone sent a message in. You, they could, I yes. guess, but it could never you, get back you'd out. You get a radio signal, and then, you, like, you would base say, "Yeah, you're past the event horizon. See you later. We can't uh, hear you anymore." Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. If you if you get this, enjoy the last couple of minutes you have left, and I don't know, play some wind jammers. Maybe. <laughs> it's not going to be a couple of minutes though. If you if you're falling into a really big black hole, <laughs> that's, that's going to take a long ass time, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> The Hollywood I mean, movie, a couple of minutes. <laughs> I mean, I wonder if you could orbit the black hole within the event horizon. You know, because it's still I a mass, don't right? Think you can, can you? Because the whole point of the event horizon is that's where light falls inwards. Yeah, the light could spin around and around within inside. Yeah, it could go for around ages. for a long time. Yeah, but it would always be going down inwards. Yeah, it would I, never I, come it out. Be like yeah. a, I guess it wouldn't be a perfect so you could orbit. Technically, orbit it. Yeah, it'd be a decaying orbit. Decaying orbit. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> Except the, the decaying orbits are normally, if, with the way we think of them, are caused by kind of air resistance, right? Like, like the Not geostationary orbits the... <laughs> don't decay, do they? Well, I guess the only way you could achieve proper orbit is by going faster than light. Yeah, that's what, that's, that's what we were saying, basically. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't orbit the black hole inside the event horizon because you'd have yeah. to be going faster than light. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You, I guess you just spiral in. Yeah. Anyway, so, so that's what talking saying there aren't the event horizon ain't no horizon which is sort of what he'd already said before i guess he's just saying it in a different way now 
Well, I don't know. To, I think to, it, to counter those new guys who came well, the along dudes and said, were no, saying... spontaneously combust for some reason. Physics. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the dudes on the on the video that I was watching from the University of Nottingham, they were basically saying that if there's no event horizon, well, as far as they're concerned, the event horizon basically defines a black hole. So, without one of those, then it's not really there aren't really black holes, um, in the sense that everyone yeah, what, always thought. What does that mean? Because the event horizon <laughs> isn't a thing; it's just a it's just a con- construct. It's just like a line. Yeah, but that's the, line that construct the- is what makes it. It may not be a physical thing, but that construct. Yeah, but what, is what, what, what are they saying? What are they saying that isn't possible about it? Because it makes perfect sense. Of, well, yeah, perfect sense. sure. And would it be? Sense. Would it be that if I sort of see that it could be a weird sort of like phase, like you pass through it and then the, everything is a bit messed up because maybe you're catching like orbiting photons. They, or like, I don't think that's necessarily that unusual. <laughs> yeah, but, but there could be, a, but there could be a lot of them. Like we don't, we, yes, we, don't, we don't really know. So all of a sudden, you're blinded by random light. I guess that from everywhere. Yeah, I guess that would be quite <laughs> weird because, like, if you if you were just looking in a random, in like a different direction, you theoretically could be seeing things from all different kinds of directions because the photons have just spiraled casually into your eyes at that precise angle. Yeah, I mean, you'd be okay for your <laughs> close true. distance stuff, I guess, until you got really close to the epicenter, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but it's a. Uh, but yeah, if you looked out the window, it might be all kinds of messed up. You probably see dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah, of course. That's exactly what you mean. (laughs) Oh, dear. Time travel. So anyway, science time. Yeah, that was science time. It got much worse after we actually tried to discuss any science. (laughs) Sorry about that. I hold you entirely responsible. I did come across a a maths time video uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was mildly mind-blowing which was a simple proof that if you add up all the natural numbers from one to infinity, right? So if you add one plus two plus three plus four all the way to infinity, you end up with an answer. And the answer is minus a 12. What? Yeah. (laughs) And he proves it like with several different methods to prove this. Anyway, so there you go. just basically proving that mathematics is kind of broken? <laughs> well, it depends how you think well, about it. Yeah, because this is like if you're adding things and you end up with a negative number, I'm fairly sure that's yeah. broken. Yeah, or you add positive numbers. Did he use a computer that forever. had a really bad, like, high boundary? <laughs> yeah, it, it just used flipped a... at some point. It's like, oh, we no. went over 256. Yeah, just use a pen and paper to prove it. Anyway, so I'll send you that video. It's on the same, it's the same people, I think, from the Nottingham, I think. Anyway, so that's quite interesting. So Go forth, listeners. <laughs> so they're fighting against Stephen Hawking, they must be wrong. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. I don't know. I don't know how much Stephen Hawking has really done since he came up with that Hawking radiation thing back in the eighties or seventies, was it? I don't know. Anyway, been on the vomit comet. Yeah, that's true. Oh, he's been a cool, like, awesome ambassador for science and stuff, and it's amazing that he's still even alive. And and stuff. It's amazing. But I don't know what he's actually done for in theoretical physics because it must be really hard to work if you can't write things express, down express yeah talk and yeah anyway science probably and why weird it, if he has ha- had something it'll come up with something he's probably in the process of writing it still very slowly <laughs> yeah well that's why it <laughs> was so short they came out with like last week was so short <laughs> it's quite hard to write stuff Ugh. Apologies for my coughing in advance. It's still here. Grr. 
but still why can't here. why can't science solve these problems <laughs> coughing because <laughs> like that's more like biology which is the thing like, the it's still science. you have a cough sweet and it's only really effective while you're sucking it so the approach <laughs> the action of sucking is what solves coughs like <laughs> don't know about that but then when you have like that that tickly cough syrup stuff because it's, it's what it is a tickly cough like you have that stuff and it only really works for about i don't know 20 minutes if that well i'm never convinced about the tickling no, i'm not sure it works because at all. it's yeah. like it doesn't what is it even doing because you're it's not going near your throat is it because you're swallowing it yeah it's going down the esophagus and not the windpipe which is presumably where the irritation is going that's kind of the same thing with like cough sweets because cough sweets have a sort of like light anesthetic yeah presumably that's what does it it must it just like spreads it must I just guess. go into the into the membrane between the two well the fact and that be sufficiently dissolving in your mouth and then you inhale maybe you're pulling some of well, the yeah, dissolved if, gas if, yeah, yeah if it's like yeah methylated or something yeah something like that so <laughs> well, I, I was on a, an ask science reddit thread the other day that was apparently full of pharmacists and basically th- there's only they a few everything uh, is yeah. well, well <laughs> every, they were saying every drug is fake it's all possible. no it's yeah. not quite that well a lot of it is like all the drugs are the same right like it's just well, different yeah, combinations yeah. of stuff but basically it seems like there are effective uh, cough suppressants, but they're all over the counter because they're all open to abuse. So anything you get that hasn't isn't over the counter isn't any use. You have to get stuff that's from the pharmacist, and then it works. Oh. Is it, and that's true of like um, decongestant because, as well, because, is uh, that because that could block the choking reflex or something. Or yeah, exactly. Uh, well, no, no, it's not because not abuse in that sense, but as in people get high or whatever. So oh no, I was, I was wondering if you could use it for. That's another reason that they don't. They, they look like at you they and they say, "And they didn't know it because they Are didn't you have a murder that guy." <laughs> yeah, that's that's another reason why it's controlled. <laughs> In case Rob decides to murder someone, <laughs> don't make drowning reasonable. <laughs> don't would. Would be slightly less terrifying, I suppose. No, because it's not it's not the choking that's the bad part, it's the water interacting with your lung tissue that's the bad part. Yeah. Once it goes in there, that's where the bad shit starts. And famously the other thing is that you can't get decent decongestion uh you know, in the shop, you have to buy it over the counter because people make crystal meth out of Sudafed oh. or they used to. Oh really? So now Sudafed, you can still buy Sudafed, but it's got stuff in it that doesn't work very well. And people still buy it because it used to work, I suppose. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I uh, wonder if that's true of Lemsip, because everyone claims that that doesn't work. Well, Lemsip is just paracetamol, I think, right? In a hot lemon drink. In a hot lemon drink, yeah. So that works, but I mean, you might as well just take paracetamol. Unless you like that, I think the hot drink. lemon is probably the more important part of that. It's yeah, it's sort of placebo again, isn't it? Because it's just a hot drink. That's like yeah, the hotness of the drink is the important part. You might as well have a coffee because caffeine is well, in yeah. most of these cold reliefs as well. That's true. Well, what I always do is um, uh, because no one says you can't mix paracetamol and ibuprofen, but you can only have one. They say they both say on the you packet only them. take every four hours. So yeah. I, every two hours, I take the alternate one. And then I drink coffee. That works. <laughs> yeah, that's allowed. That's because t- yeah, they're sort of separate in some way. They don't really have the. Oh, you hope they are. <laughs> yeah, someone just uh, someone described it to me once. How how exactly it works, and they are kind of exclusive in their effect, which is interesting. They don't really. But they overlap. kind of treat the same symptoms as well. Yeah. So it's cool. They obviously have different I mean, chemistry. I think, I think ibuprofen is more effect, slightly more effective at sort of muscular 
pain, whereas paracetamol is sort of a more general purpose, was my I understanding. I don't, I'm yeah. not sure if that's true or not, but that's kind of how I've always read into it. it sounds vaguely about right. I mean, they're both basically analgesics, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Anyway, it works. Science time over again. Oh. Yeah, we, we made it even worse by talking about biology, which all of us have even less idea about what the fuck we're talking about. Physics, we, can, we always have legitimate knowledge. I have a biology A level. <laughs> I haven't used any of until now. Yeah, Rob, Rob's got more. What have, We've both got physics A levels, right? Yeah, and chemistry. Uh, Zach, so and you've got. Chemistry. And, I sorry? I've got, I've got physics, maths, biology. Yeah. There we go. So Rob's got two science a levels that's more than us yeah, well, i've got two <laughs> just the oh, other you, two <laughs> did you do chemistry yeah zach oh yeah you we did. would have needed it for i remember all that degree <laughs> yeah, exactly. i remember all that titration shit you had to do oh yeah and you did not that, that much titration <laughs> i always fear titration yeah what's titration that's that thing where you have the really long Drippy thing, thing like test tube thing with a little handle at the bottom and you have to let out a single drip at a time until uh, it yeah. neutralizes the acid or whatever i remember that god that's so titration sucks so bad. It's like every time that I've gone into like an interview in a school or whatever, it's like they're going to fucking ask about titration, aren't they? Because that's the only thing that schools do. <laughs> Luckily, it's actually easy once you know what the fuck you're doing. Mm. And the last time I did it, you last time I did I did a thing where they were talking about titration. They didn't make you do the titration. It was just like collect the equipment that you need to do a titration, <laughs> right. but don't actually do it. <laughs> Okay. Is this to be like a lab assistant or something or in a yeah. school? It was like Have you ever got to actually do that? What do you mean? The actual interview thing? The actual yeah. test part? Yeah, no, that, was one, asked... that was one of the things that I'm better at. Maybe because the one, that time, last time I did it, I went in and there was like five... There was like two people who were already lab assistants from some other place. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, well, shit, this is looking great for the rest of us. And there was like five people who had no idea what the fuck they were doing. But I had the most no idea what I was doing because I looked on the internet and looked up GCSE bite size the night before. I just read <laughs> through all the topics and was like, okay, I can remember how to do most of those things solved. And then I proceeded to get most of the stuff right. And no one else did. Great success. <laughs> yep. So, so interview use, techniques. Use GCSE. Use the BBC's GCSE bite size information to, to learn about what they're going to ne- inevitably ask you. So did they so hire you? Are you? No. Why not? Because <laughs> they hired one of the, those two people who were already You've done it before. Yeah, right. I mean, you would, wouldn't you, I guess? Yeah. Especially if they're, they're claiming the same salary. I was the last of, I was in the last three with those two. So. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> that was like my best interview ever, I guess. Oh, it's just a success. When was that? I don't know, quite a while ago. So you seriously, is that one of the job aspects you're seriously looking at then? Like, I guess. Yeah, it's a cool one. It's applicable. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I can do it better than these other four guys. <laughs> they were like notes. business graduates or something. Oh. I guess there's no jobs for them as well. Hmm. <laughs> you could probably do most stuff better than most people, to be honest, Zach. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so there anyway. You That's science. <laughs> news so news we're, we're, this is a podcast about video games if you are just <laughs> yeah. tuning in <laughs> 20 minutes late that's not 20 as long minutes as we've sometimes <laughs> no that's true uh, and what news is there in the world of video games um, should we just start with the best news yeah Rob just wants yeah. to talk about so much yeah okay the third in the Nintendo and Sega partnership of Sonic related games has been announced it is Sonic Boom! 
Sonic and Boom. It looks weird. They've done a kind of a weird, like, well, it's, it's, they've handed it off to like a Red Moon. I thought it was Red, but Red Button. I thought it was Red Moon. <laughs> well, what, Red something. Whoever, yeah. Still, How the yeah. fuck have they been making Sonic games for like 25 years and never called something Sonic Boom? Well, they, they called the the soundtrack CD for Sonic CD was called Sonic Boom because one oh, of the okay. songs on it. <laughs> yeah, the title track was called Sonic Boom, which <laughs> right. they had a licensing problem with for the re-release <laughs> right. for some reason because they didn't have the lyrical version. They had to use the instrumental. Right. I don't, I don't oh, know. it was because of the singers, wasn't it? Yeah, something it like that. Yeah. Developer, X Naughty Dog, Big Red Button. It is Big Red Button. Okay, sorry, I thought it was Red Moon. X Naughty Dog. X Naughty Dog, basically. And and judging by the tiny bit of the game that we've seen so far, which is like not really any game. No, and and, and like the snippets are all less than a second, so it's really hard to tell what's happening. (laughs) But judging by the looks of it, it's probably going to be something similar to the the Naughty Dog style uh, Jack and Daxter, or is it Ratchet and Clank? Uh, four-player platforming game. No, it's Jack and Daxter. Is it Jack Daxter? Yeah. I always get those two confused. I think, uh, um, what's it, the other one is Insomniac? Yeah. But yeah, they, they, they've they done like four-player platforming adventure game type things before, assuming that these guys were still there when they were doing that, which I think they probably were. <laughs> mm. I guess maybe they got bored of all this gritty drama and Indiana Jones. <laughs> maybe. Well, this sounds promising, doesn't it? Is it on Crytek? It looks weird. It 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 does look weird, though. Like the gameplay look, it seems to have elements from Sonic Heroes, which is sort of worrying. Yeah, because I was not because that didn't work very well in Sonic Heroes. I was not a big fan of that. Um, And it's is it is it from scratch? Are they using like asset? Oh no, I mean, well, no, they're not. They 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 can't be using the models because that's one of the (laughs) things everyone's talking about. Is that the new the character designs are kind of messed up, but in a sort of weird way like Sonic's face is a bit wrong especially his lips I don't know what it is they look kind of pouty I think it looks worse in but, the in that in the trailer footage and slightly better in the in the like what the marketing shots no or... the cartoon oh yeah because this is the other thing there's, there's, there's a CGI cartoon. cartoon to go with it oh, the bit right, of okay. that I've seen looks better than that bit in the game trailer for some reason I think and Knuckles looks fucking roided. Yeah, Knuckles is huge now. It's hilarious. Oh, I see it. I can. I brought it up. Knuckles is gigantic. It's, it's top like half the parrot of the team. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Perhaps now it will suit his voice a bit more. So it's not, not his I don't voice know, the, any longer, really. Though, is no, it? I guess not. Or it never the drawn was. versions of the the concept art where they're drawn, they look pretty cool. You know, yeah. the, the, where Sonic's got like a snood thing. For some yeah. reason. For some reason. <laughs> I don't know and if that everywhere. Yeah, obviously. That's that's the anime star, right? I guess. Apparently. I don't know. So, yeah, that would be weird. So, it's, yeah, so it seems to show a bit of running, a bit of combat, a bit of adventure platformy type stuff. It's, so, it's, but hard, that, but it's it, hard to know how it's going to gel. Yeah, and it also looks like. I mean, each of the characters clearly has unique abilities, mm. as you would expect, because they because it's funny knuckles. Yeah, they're all different. <laughs> but then that's like, how does how does that work? Well, it's like how does that work both as a single player game? It's like, are you switching between them? And as a multiplayer game, it's like, do you have to like take a break and just let one guy go off and do something? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they haven't Man. said whether it's single or multiplayer or both. But it's one Wii U, so I'm assuming multiplayer. Yeah. Is it, did I hear it was using the Crytek engine? Uh, I know that I sounds mental, that, but yeah, because I saw uh, maybe uh, somebody sure. somebody posted that that 
John Carmack had tweeted at them saying, it's like, hey, we're, the, we're using the cry engine or whatever. And John Carmack tweeted at them saying, just remember that uh, a, a Sonic game that isn't locked to 60 frames per second is a crime against nature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it's, what, how it should be. Well, yeah. by this news it is Cry Engine 3, yeah. But it's also coming out on the 3DS, so I wonder what engine that will run. <laughs> well, the, the 3DS version is also being developed by someone else. Well, yeah, as you'd expect. Yeah, who is the, the Sly Cooper team, apparently. Yeah, someone who has more familiarity with 3DS, apparently. Mm. So this, this has a lot a dramatic- of crazy-ass potential. Well, it does, uh, yeah, because it's, well, it's a different studio, therefore you can't put it in the same category as Sonic Team's recent outings. <laughs> no. Um, so you, you, you can't hold that against them. If, if, you know, if it's a got Western different developed Sonic... Engine, so you can't hold it against Hedgehog Engine. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Yeah, Western Team as well, that's important. If, Ex-Naughty Dog, that's quite good. And they're making I mean, a sudden, like, hella push for rebooting, like, with the cartoon as well. And they're making an effort of saying that it's a, par- a whole parallel universe type thing, although we're not sure if that's, but like, a reboot-style thing, or if they're, like, just saying, oh, if it's going to be a storyline that goes to another different universe, as they tend to. Yeah, as they tend so to. So it's... All of this sounds intriguing, apart from the Wii U exclusivity, I suppose. But What's wrong with that, though? I don't know, you know. That probably won't last. I'd be the last, the, They're pulling CryEngine out of the bag, man. Run that on the Xbox. <laughs> it's not like the Wii U could run it, probably. I don't know what the, mo- what the, best, what the highest engine that was on. I mean, they did that Batman game, but I don't know what engine that was on. There were versions of um, Crisis on last-gen consoles, but... Yeah, well, I'm talking about the Wii U specifically. <laughs> but, I don't know. I think if, if they pull this off, which could they could well do, being as their ex naughty dog, <laughs> then it will be awesome for Sonic. But it's going to be another kind of embarrassing kind of death knell on the kind of Japanese development games industry. Really, I mean, if you look oh, at, yeah, I on, mean, I, on the whole, I suppose on the whole, yeah. It's weird. I mean, because it, yeah, our Devil right, May Cry's look... are better. Our our, yeah. um, our our Metroids are better. Uh, it's weird because it doesn't look good against Sonic Team either. And I know they haven't exactly had a great run of it, but it sort of shows: hey, other people can do, do can do Sonic games better than you can. Yeah, but the question and is, you're is fucking like, Sonic Team. Yeah. <laughs> the question, rule, it, the question is, it with it is is like, is it really the Sonic game that we want? Because I still, I, yeah, I, I still sure. like Generations and everything. I still like speedy, tricky jumping Sonic. Yeah, Generations is a fantastic game. Whereas, whereas it's, it's, it's sort of the same as Mario, where it's just like, once you got to the Wii barriers, or it was like multiplayer weird platforming, it's like, it's fine, but I think Mario Galaxy was the better offshoot. I know what you mean, yeah. It, it's probably, <laughs> I'm looking at it in the sense that it would, it's probably going to be a good game, but I'm not sure it will be a, like a thoroughbred Sonic game. No. If that means anything. <laughs> it's but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe that this is a bit of Sega saying, but it, you, know, you know what, Sonic doesn't do that well for us anymore. Like, we, the only reason it does well is because we put so many of them out. Maybe they're sort of realizing, or maybe if we dial it back and like do it, try a different. In fairness, because they have been trying different approaches. You know, Lost World is a different Sonic game. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's been a bit polarizing, but hey, they're trying. Um, which is unusual. But I don't want them to try. I want them. I want them to continue making the ones that are actually good. <laughs> yeah, we want to see a good. T- I want to. I still want to see a good two D Sonic game come out. Like you know, I, Sonic Four doesn't count. No, because it was bad. Um, <laughs> it should have been Sonic bad. Four, right? Yeah, it really should have been. Um, but it just wasn't there. I mean, elements of Sonic Colors and elements of Generations have that, but they need to go back to the Rush formula. Yeah, basically. Um, 
or at least make something different in the rush sort of vein you know perhaps evolve that somehow because i mean there was that there, there was the elements of that in colors on the ds but it wasn't as good mm. <laughs> they somehow fucked it up because it's still dimps running the show isn't it on for those games on mm, ds i don't know about that I, I think Dimps has sort of worked on all of the recent Sonic games in a sort of level designy sort of way. Like even the the console, the full console stuff, they've sort of been involved. But I think we discussed plenty about why Sonic Colors on 3DS wasn't as good as, as Rush. Yeah. Bring back Rush. <laughs> it's weird though because it's just like we we want a very specific kind of Sonic game. Yeah, because we actually like the speedy boostiness and I, tricks I, and that, all that stuff. You know, I st- I still wouldn't mind. You know, Sonic Four is kind of, uh, the the disappointment of Sonic Four was that I I still like the original trio. Well, four if you count Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah. Um, you know, with Sonic Three with the Knuckles added on as possibly being the best ever. Yeah. Of all the Sonic games, and it's like I'd mm. be quite happy with them to revisit that sort of fast platforming hybrid that those games kind of all were but, but, then, but, they, but they just didn't do it in well, they, Sonic 4. it's like it's they like, tried to do it except that what they, they tried... some, I don't even know how it's bad but it just is well, it's like in Sonic 4 they tried to like cram little, they tried to cram little extra things in that just broke up the flow way too much yeah it's the old classic problem of like random hit, just stop and here's some platforms over a death bit yeah well, that, well like... that one level you showed me on was it Sonic Generations 3DS where there's just a pointless like pillar yeah. in the middle of an that you just have to jump over and it's like it's quite annoying to get over and it's like well why did you put that there it's yeah it's just like they haven't they haven't I mean I don't I, I keep trying to think of like back, think back to Sonic 3 and I don't think there was very many times where that sort of thing would happen uh, well I suppose there's a couple of places where they force you to stop because it's there's there's going to be a, a somewhat tricky jump coming up but you know, and the enemy placement was the thing you had to try and remember, I guess, if you wanted a smooth run. Because mm. you couldn't just boost for everything then. You had to, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But they didn't normally put enemies right in your way as much. Oh, no, not on the edge of a platform or <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, <clears throat> I guess the most egregious case of bad enemy placement was on Sonic 2 in the... Uh, I can never remember what it's called, but the one with all the gears. Yeah. Um, because you've got those star... Well, the bastards that just follow you around. <laughs> yeah, they follow you around and then they burst in five directions. <laughs> yeah, those things suck. The, the, the spikes pass through walls and stuff, and that, that was just evil. But that, a couple of them were in just the right place where if you just kept running, one of the little spikes that they burst would just hit you every time <laughs> unless you uh, dealt with it. <laughs> it was... So, yeah. Yeah. I like how there's already a blog on this. We're just searching the Sonic Boom news stories, and there's just a blog on the third place down. It's like, what makes Sonic Boom a worthy Sonic? <laughs> it's like, well, they're already discussing that, and it's like, all they've had is this tiny bit of preview footage. Yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> I, th- I, I have a good feeling, but who knows? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't play it, those Jack and Daxter stuff. It will give Rob something to buy on the Wii U when he has to buy it for Smash Brothers. Yeah, along with Lost World yeah. and Mario. So. Wii U exclusives is good for the Wii U, obviously, funnily enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I suppose yeah. that segues into another bit of news, because there was Iwata uh, coming out saying a load of stuff after they had a, um, I don't know, a board meeting, I suppose it was. A bad financial um, call, didn't they? Or, yeah, because yeah. you know, they, they, they went and had a, had a proper executive... I don't know. Let's let's thrash this out meeting, I suppose. And on the back end An of that, Iwata comes out and says some some weird stuff, let's be honest. There's some weird things coming out of what Iwata said there. Because he kind of... On the, on the plus side, 
it's obvious Ninty know what we know now. You know, the, they were making the same postulations about why the Wii U is failing that everyone is. That it's the like, Smash Brothers hasn't come out. The Smash Brothers hasn't come out. <laughs> no, that it's uh, that that you know they just haven't. Uh, for whatever reason, the the Wii U uh, just isn't appealing. Part of that is because of their marketing strategy. Part of that is because of their brand confusion created by the tablet um, and the mm-hmm. fact that the tablet may have been a bad idea. They've basically just come out and sort of just admitted that. It's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe we maybe we didn't get it this time. Um, yeah. I sympathize with them because they had to try something new because they had that big success with the Wiimote. But it's like, mm-hmm. well, how do you follow that chip? I mean, you can't just copy the Connect or whatever. Even if you wanted no. to, that probably couldn't do it because of the research involved. Well, they the, probably would have done yeah. just quite a lot better had they. Uh, well, would they have done better? That's the thing. Like you couldn't. Everyone, if they hadn't called it the Wii U, say they called it a new name, like yeah. the Nintendo yeah. Game Table. I don't know. <laughs> the I can't even think of what you'd call it. The Tablono thing. <laughs> Tablono thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm buying that. <laughs> Smash Brothers on the Nintendo Sublime thing. <laughs> oh. They could have just, just as well called it the Mario Box. It would have been fine. <laughs> the Marionosphere. <laughs> so is that the uh, the uh, Kemp Industries equivalent? The iPad of the iPad is the the Sublime thing. <laughs> Why, why has no one just made something called the tablet? Like, just just trademark the word tablet. <laughs> because that's always a terrible thing to try and do. <laughs> the tablet. This is the tablet. You want this one. Tablon, I think. Yeah. The Econa Game Sphere. <laughs> Robco screen in your hands, fucker. <laughs> Robco. Screen your hands, Robco to Blomo thing. Not waiting to find one of those. Anyway, so the Wii U. Yeah, so they came uh, out and so, uh, well, oh, said, something else. I, I guess the weirdest thing they said was that they, were, they ended up talking about some of the things that Nintendo have been investigating, like not in the gaming space. Um, so one of those things that they came out with was non-wearable fitness things. And like the graph they showed is utterly bizarre because they go through say, showing like um, a series, of, like a console, and then they said the Wii Fit board, and then they moved on to saying something like wearable fitness things, like Fitbit, I suppose, yeah, and things like that, saying this is where current technology is. And then the next thing they say is non-wearable in like a blue no graphics or anything just like a blue blue circle that says non-wearable and it's like the console was the non-wearable yeah the Wii Fit one is non-wearable so so what on earth do they mean by that Mm. maybe they're just trying to say maybe inject it into your bloodstream (laughs) yeah if it's inside you you're not wearing it (laughs) the vitality sensor is now a chip it's just hook it to my brain well implants (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Valve try something like that, the way they're talking recently. They put accelerometers in your forearm. Yep. So you no longer need <laughs> a Wiimote. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> it solve all these crappy motion problems, I suppose, if you just had like motion sensors in, in your fingers. Built in. <laughs> it would solve those problems. But it might make it a little easier. 
especially if they can like glow <laughs> and like give out infrared pulses or those rich fingers rich. So did they didn't they say something about like potentially making like cut down mobile games that try and get you to buy the full blown game on the DS? They did, yeah. It was they, the gist they gave was that it was that they were going to investigate the mobile space, but they were going they weren't gonna make games. The gist was that it was, sounded like they were just gonna release promotional material, potentially yeah. licensing out the Nintendo characters for things. I would hope they that I don't know if this is, this is probably isn't the case at all, but I would hope that Nintendo make games for the frickin' Xbox before they make games for the iOS or Android or whatever. Yeah, because I think if they... It's a weird admonition in one sense, saying that... Admonition? Admission, I guess. What's the word? <laughs> what, 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 admission, admission is the word. It's a, Ad, is a admi- word. Admonish is a word. Admonish is a word, but it means something yeah. else. Okay, yeah, they've made the admission that they realise the mobile space is big, um, but in the same in the same breath, the 3DS is what's making them money right now. It it's is, big and it's shallow as hell. Like, yeah, all, all these dumb games that like that have any permanence or whatever. I don't know. That's what. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mobile space is like it's not a serious gaming platform. There are there is the occasional good game for it like you know the room and some of the adventure stuff coming out comes out on them pretty good like apparently the walking dead is actually reasonable on the ipad that kind of thing um but it's not you wouldn't go there if you're a serious gamer really there's not they're not the ones that are making all the money are they weird even though i've had an ipad and i've played infinity blade one and two and stuff nothing's ever really grabbed me on it i've never stuck with anything on the ipad um except i guess i played uh, well, yeah, I guess I played for Anomaly. Um, might have been the biggest game I've actually. Well, that and Infinity War, that uh, Infinity Blade. Might Would be you have played a two Final games Fantasy style Tactics. game if they weren't incredibly expensive? <laughs> well, see, I don't know. I, I did consider Final Fantasy Tactics at one point because yeah. I thought maybe the touchscreen might actually be a good way of playing that. I'm tempted to buy yeah, Final Fantasy VI, right, yeah. which yeah. which just came out on iOS. You, mm. That's that's news. Did you hear that? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it, it, it was on Android really. last week or something, and now it's on, so you can buy it for iPhone or whatever. Yeah, it's inevitable, really, because it's one of the yeah the most I'm, praised Final Fantasies, and yet they've released like one, two, that. and three. Because I haven't I played six, because I I didn't have a SNES or whatever. Uh, I played like the first ten hours of it because I had um, the PS One re-release. Oh yeah, um, where they added FMV. Um, well, I don't know if the FMV is in this phone version, but it's got like updated sprites and shit, which look a bit strange. Oh, but, interesting. I mean, hmm. Yeah, yeah, they've redone. I don't think they've redone the backgrounds, but they've redone the characters and stuff, so it looks a little hmm. bit strange. But um, yeah, it's not. It's not just a straight port, obviously, because it's got touch controls and stuff. But they've also up upresed all the, or uh, not replaced anyway. It's not just up. You know, it's not just resized and kind of smoothed. It's actually replaced artwork and stuff from from square yeah. enix anyway yeah but maybe yes. but but then but then the, the i don't know the, the flip side to that is i don't see myself ever spending that much time on a mobile device like to, to actually playing a full-on final fantasy game i'd rather sit on the couch and play a game like that you can <laughs> well you know what i mean, <laughs> you know what I, mean? Like, I don't want to be looking down 
Just hold up then. But that argument is the same against the the three DS and and breaking exactly. fault, for example, for you. Exactly. It's like, yeah. For, yeah. For, for me, that's not why, that's not ever why I've used mobile devices. You played uh, quite a lot of PSP like in bed at one point. Uh, yeah, at one point I I did that. Uh, I don't anymore because now I basically just wake up and get up. <laughs> uh, sleep, you don't stay in bed for enough. No. Wake up, get up. I don't really have much choice most of the time. If you no, got I'm the sleeping feeling, on weekends a bit because that's the one the time ceiling. I can. But... <laughs> Pipe will make you feel alright. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just combined like three different songs there. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So anyway, Nintendo so like DS. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Iwata saying weird shit. Uh, the news. Pibble news. Yeah. Pibble news. So, yeah, as as Dan correctly said before we started recording. Which we may have said before on the podcast, but we can't remember. We can't remember, no. Black Knight 2000 is coming to Pimble Arcade, which is awesome. Finally. Oh. Um, With the classic musics. Yeah. And they've also, and this is probably even better news, really, that they're actually doing a revamp of the actual main menu system, so it will be less crap. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Because it is friggin' terrible. Um, so, yeah, they're actually, they, they, someone has listened. Sweet. Maybe. Um, so that will happen. Also, in other Pimble news, the Spider-Man table in Pimble FX2 is okay. Hurrah. <laughs> right. okay, it's a... Uh, Although it's a bit easy, if you ask me. Like it took me like a good couple of hours to get the the hard achievement on that table, but uh, yeah, you can go for hours. Like you know, if you really wanted to, I could probably keep that game going for a very, very long time. But there just came a point where it's like, nope, I'm bored now. <laughs> like, let's just play dumb. See if I can sink. See if I can forcibly send the balls down the out lanes. <laughs> My balls. My balls. So that's pinball it's news. Becoming a bit of a, it's becoming a bit of a trend with pinball FX actually that the marble tables are just a little bit easy. Mm. How many are there? Uh, like eight, I think. Freaking egg. Because they released two separate packs of them. Mm. One for like just the marble pack, and one was part of the Avengers or something. Right. Is there going to be an Age of Ultron? Oh God, when does that come out? Probably next this summer, right? I guess. Is that right? I don't know if it's the, this year or next year. Avengers 2? Uh, we've still got that, that dumb uh, Marvel Universe film with the sort of lesser-known heroes, like Rocket Raccoon. Oh, right. Still will come. And uh, <coughs> Ant-Man, of course. I don't think that's until next year, though. But that, uh, they announced that Paul Rudd is playing Ant-Man, which is hilarious. That's uh, cool. And it's directed it's good... by um, What's-His-Face of Scott Pilgrim fame. Um, uh, oh, Edgar, no, Edgar Wright. Wright. Uh, yeah, Edgar Wright's yeah. doing Ant Man. So that could be hilarious. That could be awesome. And what's going on with the freaking DC stuff? Haven't they got they well, cast Jesse Superman. Eisenberg right to do as as Lex Luthor? Yeah. Luthor. Everyone's saying that's dumb, and it should have been Brian Cranston. But I think he'll be pretty good. I don't think he's that. I think he'll be good cast. at it. It's just that he's one of those. He doesn't fulfill the the visual stereotype of Lex Luthor. No. But that's but okay. It, I, but I think they could make the character work. Yeah, I think he's, he's got the right good. mannerism to do that. Yeah. So uh, 
because I didn't see Man of Steel or whatever. I couldn't be bothered with because I heard that there's like half an hour worth of smashing buildings apart, and I was like, oh, my head's yeah. Going the, end, the end <laughs> sequence is way too long. Yeah, I don't think. I and and then you that. start to think that, and then there's another sequence uh, in the same place. Jeez, enough. Immediately afterwards. So, video game news. What else have we got? Um, that was the film minute. That was yeah. the film minute. <laughs> Uh, I saw Hawken is coming to Steam, which might make it actually played by some people. I never actually tried that, but but uh, oh, stompy robot shooter that looks awesome and is indie. I mean, what's not to like about that shit? Yeah, that's one. But I don't know, I guess it's free to play. I suppose, and they're always maybe worrying. I guess. But yeah, I don't true. Know, whenever I see a free to play game, you always have to. I don't know, question it slightly. I like, is this a good free-to-play or is it bad free-to-play? Exactly, Cause... exactly. But uh, I thought that might be interesting. Because there's a lot of bad free-to-play. Hmm. But yeah. Because Loadout I... came out that I still want to try. Oh, yeah. I haven't got around to it yet, but that looks like it could be a fun sort of team deathmatchy type shooter. Cool. I saw, I saw a newspaper... Uh... Well, a comment on a news post that made me extremely disappointed. Where it was, where it was like, it was on a new, it was on a news post about planetary annihilation. Oh yeah, and there was a comment that was that was like bitching about it. Basically, it was like, oh, they still haven't done whatever in planetary annihilation, and there isn't hasn't been any more updates for Super Monday Night Combat. And I'm like, damn it, Monday Night Combat. <laughs> it made me sad because I was yeah. like, they're not even updating Super Monday Night Combat. Oh, and I guess that died. Let's all go back to normal and they like come back, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I've been very, very tempted to like go on the giant bomb forums and just be like, should we just organize a time and get some people together? Come on. There must be someone out here who wants to play this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the Salad Cast Monday Night Cornman. Cornman? Cornman. The Monday Night Cornman. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> it's a tournament for corn. No. Cornman. <laughs> cornman. <laughs> Sounds like a cormorant or something. Yeah. Monday Night Cormorant. <laughs> that's the mode they didn't think of replace Chicky Canto with a corner it's like technically we could just go and play the blitz mode but that's not what you want you want crossfire yeah because it's all about the main like mobile light game yeah that's why I like awesome knots <laughs> which we still need to organise to play there's no Monday Night Combat <laughs> no there's no Monday Night Combat I, I, even I will admit it's not Monday Night Combat but it's so yeah, that was my disappointing news. Yeah, I guess Planetary Annihilation is like nearly normal game price now, <laughs> I did go, as it's gradually been dropping down towards being complete. I did go have a quick look to see if anything was happening at Time Splitters Rewind. All oh, right, yeah. and it's like the project's still alive. I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I gleamed that much, um, but they haven't really released any major info for a while. I think Ben was talking about. I'll have to ask him. Um, you know, the guy that we know from Southampton who works for um, whoever they are, Crytek UK, X Free mm-hmm. Radical. Um, yep, yep, I yep. think he he mentioned it. I can't remember what he said about it, but I think it, it obviously, um, uh, although he was saying he doesn't want to do that in his free time because he spends all day working on CryEngine, so he doesn't want to do that. Exactly. It did hear. Now, maybe this is what got me looking at it because apparently they've said that they're going to do a PS4 version of it. All oh, right. Okay. Well, that 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 may. I can't remember how long. Whether I saw that as part of me randomly looking it up, or if that was what prompted me to go look it up, mm. <laughs> I can't remember. So they may have said that a while ago. 
Numerous. But we haven't reported it until now. <laughs> so it's still good. There you go. Um, Zeg, I was wondering if you had any comment on the giant Eve Battle of Doom, the biggest one ever. <laughs> I didn't know about it until I saw the news post, so that's my standard procedure with Eve. I don't actually know about anything that happens, but I don't know. It seemed pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> our professional eve correspondent's view on the biggest thing that ever happened in eve is it seemed pretty big there we top, go top class analysis well i, I did lo- i did look at like some, a couple of screenshots that were in a news post because uh, it the thing i read like a big news and uh, like an actual news report that someone had written up about it yeah and the the, in, the like the interesting thing to me is basically looking at the screenshots and seeing if it matches what they're actually describing <laughs> right. i don't know <laughs> Okay. So I looked. So I looked at a couple of them, and it's like the the the, the this the picture was captured like every one of these red and orange dots is either a ship or a drone, and I'm like, you mean all of them are drones because there's not actually that many ships. Because <laughs> right. what you when when you turn on you know icons for drones, it's like every ship can launch five drones. So <laughs> take how many dots there are on the screen, divide that by five, and then you're getting closer to how many ships there are in that screenshot. Right. That that was the official post, wasn't it? The CCP post, whatever that. Had that uh, maybe screenshot. they, yeah, maybe they, you know, maybe that was the one that they sent out for the official news. Yeah, they had press, like a press whatever. release type one, which was like uh, trying to explain it in more layman's terms. But yeah, but then I saw another screenshot that didn't have any of the in space icons on where it was just showing the ships and that did look pretty ridiculous it's just where you can see like fucking four titans just like grump clump together and it's like that's quite a lot and then there's like way more as well and i was trying to like work out what the fuck i was even, what like some of the ships even work is when they've got their armor repairs on they have the weird glowing effect mm. and i was like what ship is that but i think those right. are titans as well so it's like quite a lot of titans well, you well, apparently cool. there were seventy-five of them, right? Seventy-five titans destroyed. Yeah. So that's like the previous 70, record is seventy-five titans. Yeah. So the previous record was twelve. So, um, yeah, seventy-five. So, so apparently, if you work out the ISK into US dollars in terms of what's lost, it was three hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Except when you want to put it a different way. No money was lost. <laughs> well, depends how well, you look at it. Probably not, though, because they probably brought that isk with money, I bet, for most yeah, of the titans. converted it in. Hmm. I, mean, yeah, I, guess, I guess the build process for 75 otherwise would be pretty long. Well, I mean, well, long each anyway, of them is but... months, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I expect that's more. amazing. I mean, apparently what happened was that um, normally in these battles, um, it's pretty obvious quite quickly who's going to win. And this time, they both thought they could win for well, ages. <laughs> it was more like it was more like one guy went all in because he thought the other team wouldn't get enough there in time. Yeah, but then they did. Yeah, <laughs> so it just turned into an almost straight fight, which is fairly rare. So this was a was this an organised fight? No, well, like a, what do you mean an organised fight? Well, as in, was it, did, there wasn't any drama regarding like who jumped in where at the wrong time. There was drama. There was, was drama. Like the, it, it happened because they paid the bill for a sovereign, sovereignty. Yeah, someone's station went into you know failed to get refueled or whatever. Oh, basically. Right. <laughs> so it was a mistake <laughs> in a simple way. Yeah, someone did pay a bill, and then the, that system became open to invasion, pretty much. And then they, so they did. <laughs> 
so that's, yeah that's fine i thought it was just like oh we're bored let's have a fight well there was <laughs> there was the suggestion that there, that might the reason why that bill didn't get paid might have been because of a bug like the person yeah. who was meant to pay the bill thought it had been paid and it appeared to be paid to them and two but independent verifiers also that that so he was supposed to have two dudes to check as well that he'd paid the bill and they both said yeah it's been paid and then yeah. it wasn't oh weird. Um, so it might have been a glitch um, I think there was like someone suggested that that like maybe maybe if it turns out it wasn't glitch, they'll refund all that stuff, which would be funny. If they have to try and pull the refunds off of that. Nah. Uh, what 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 real impetus does CCP have to do that though? Because it just means it's like holy shit, people are going to like put seventy five Titans worth of cash back in if that's how they're doing it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't think they'll do anything. I mean, what they have done is put a special put a special uh, like monument in where where the battle happened they've like put a bunch of pretty wrecks of ships and stuff to say oh this is where the battle happened yes so it's like all wrecks are incredibly not pretty <laughs> yeah and also so get like, salvaged of course so they're especially crafted fucked up titans oh and yeah that might be the other thing they might do apparently is is yeah put a bunch gradually put salvage there so that you can kind of recoup some of the well, because oh, I mean, cool. it's like you can salvage wrecks normally, but it's just like a one-time thing. Mm. So I guess yeah. what they're they're going to make it like an actual like a asteroid belt, basically. I yeah. guess yeah, so with stuff you can mine out of the Titans. That's kind of cool. Potentially, that's the whole sort of like playing to what happens in the Eve universe thing. Isn't yeah, it? like making making it lore yeah. as the players do it. That's really that's kind of you know one of the coolest things about Eve, like apart from cool. the crazy economics and stuff like that. It's cool to hear that it's still going super strong. I mean, it's like, mm. didn't it launch before World of Warcraft? It's like 10 years old or something. Like, how old is it? Uh, I don't know if it released we were, before. Because you, know, you were pretty playing much it. the same. Yeah, it was more or less the same time. More or uh, less the same, same time. time. Yeah. It was okay. like 2002, I think, when it came out. No, it was free. 2003. Okay. So it's 11 years. Not, okay. Not quite 11 years. Okay. Because my character is not quite 11 years old. Right. Oh, jeez. August. Or September. I think it's August is when my character gets to be 11. But it has evolved quite a lot since its initial launch. Well, yeah. Are you playing Eve at the moment, or are you lapsed in your... i played slightly, like, over this last two weeks, what I've been playing. Ooh. <laughs> With spoilers. Eve may have been it? first. Wow, is 2004. Mm. Yeah, I thought so. Because you guys were playing it literally at school. Like, you were playing it in the sixth form on your laptop. You were. I wasn't. Yeah. Well, Bar- no, I wasn't. Barlow was. <laughs> well, you were Barlow in the vicinity hi- while he was playing. Yeah, it. Barlow <laughs> would hijack my laptop while I pleaded to play NHL. Um, <laughs> it's like, let's play, let's play NHL, goddammit. <laughs> he was like, no, I need to fly my ships. Yep. And I saw him the other the day. He was that was playing, also the uh, point when I discovered that Eve wasn't the game I w- was expecting. <laughs> well, like immediately. Yeah. Right. Okay. He's playing Rome 2 at the moment, I saw. Um, so he's got what? A, not Dota. Yeah, he's broken out. The uh, he mostly out plays Dota. I, I don't know. Oh. I expect he's still playing Dota, but no, I think he was looking for something slightly more relaxing to play while he was watching TV. <laughs> wow, really? You can play Total War while watching TV? I'm not. Well, even, have you like seen a strategy game? <laughs> I know. Have you seen the way that John plays games? Though he like does a million things at once and like doesn't really pay attention either. It's quite strange the way you can't do that for Dota though. For fairly sure, no, no, no. not for not for Dota, probably, and not, not win. <laughs> well, yeah, she yeah. could. It just would be any use. So, uh, so yeah, and that, uh, that battle didn't mm. affect you at all, then, Zeg. I guess 
in any way. I don't know. It might it might theoretically affect something like resource prices or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> might trickle well. down to my part of the universe. Yeah, Eve. Eve I doubt it. <laughs> Eve almost beats WoW by like a year and a half. Like about that. I think Eve is probably healthier than WoW in terms of long term outlook. Although it's never going to be numbers wise the same, but. Yeah, I, I predict, you know, yeah, you're right. It seems like WoW will die eventually, whereas Eve, I don't think, is showing any real signs that it needs to. No. People are into Eve are well into it and probably always will be while it's still about. Yep. Oh, but one of the dudes from the Council of Stellar Management was quite important in the battle, I think, I was reading. So like, well, you mean you mean that the same guy who's important in Eve in every case, the Mitanni guy? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, is he, he just important on, in every? He case? wasn't on the council. So imagine at that point, he got kicked off. He was the one who made the horrible remarks about why don't you make that guy commit suicide, and then he got kicked That's off the council. Right. Imagine. That's right, the arsehole guy. Yeah, yeah, he's he's from Goosewall. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> But are they even called that anymore? Are they like split, split into factions or are they like... It, they, well, they, they kind they, of inherently had to split into factions because of the size limits of EVE corporations. <laughs> I see. So, <laughs> Oh, I didn't realise that happened. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember what they're actually... Because I don't think now. the Tester lines weren't, in the, weren't involved in this one. The Reddit no. line. It was no. like that... One of, There was a small fraction in this one that were literally just called the Russians. <laughs> Well, they weren't literally called the Russians. They're just Russians, so everyone calls them the Russians. <laughs> oh, right. I thought they were literally called the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Uh, but they were the only I ones think, like, I think awake. it's just a bunch of, like... For some reason, I don't know how, why it turned out like this, but they when they opened up, there was a new area, area of space that got opened up like a year or two ago, maybe, the, like the drone regions where it's got like the 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 pirate faction in there is basically broke drones instead of one of the normal pirate factions. And then apparently as soon as that area got opened up, the Russians just took it. <laughs> the <laughs> Russians. So, so that whole area, if you look on like sovereignty maps, it's just like a bunch of weird Russian named corporations that own that whole bit of space for some reason. Don't know quite <laughs> how that happens. <laughs> So actually, there could have been many corporations involved in this fight that were just Russian names. Well, like it's the alliances. <laughs> Presumably, it's just one of the Russian alliances. But it's just the Russians. <laughs> so we better move on to what you've been playing. I guess. Uh, I think you should go, Zeg, because you've got uh, a whole RPG yeah. to go, plus others. Okay. So let's get going. Well, I did play some Eve, because I haven't for a while. And I kind of, I guess I haven't really actually played it for like a really long time because when I went back in, I was almost suddenly surprised by like how ridiculous the gunfire looks nowadays. It's awesome. I guess, well, I guess the last, the previous times that I would have been playing it when that effect, like those effects had been updated, I would have been using like my regular long range ships. Mm -hmm. So it's like I don't normally see that much fire. I'm miles away, <laughs> and my bullets are just going off into the distance. Whereas in this other ship I was flying recently, I was doing like blaster range, so like point blank. So it's just like the screen is full of lasers, and also I don't normally fight enemies that actually use lasers as well, hmm. which makes it, it makes it much more insane. <laughs> hmm. It's a bit of an epilepsy warning in some cases, particularly with pulse lasers because they flash. 
as they should, mm. really. Yeah, I guess so. But it's a bit crazy. But yeah, it was like I was I wanted to go back in and continue getting some loyalty points for this new corporation that I wanted these new ships from that were introduced in the last batch. So I was looking to see if I could move like I wanted to do level four missions because that's like a quicker way to I was I was grinding out shitty level threes because that's easy. But right. I was like, well if I can be if I could do level fours, which I already have like several ships set up to do level fours at my other places that I do level fours. <laughs> so I was like, I could just bring my Navy Megafron over here and do them and that'd be fine. But then I thought, well, maybe I'll get a new ship or do or repurpose one of my other ships. And then I realized that one of the ships that I haven't flown in for like a really long time, because it used to be not very good, when it got rebalanced in, in one of the various ship rebalancing patches that they've been going through, it suddenly became awesome. And I was like, sweet, that it's like it's a tiny cruiser-sized ship, but it can tank and shoot almost as well as a battleship, so I'll use that. Nice. So it did, and that seems to work pretty good. Although it's fairly hilarious when you're fighting like enemy battleships and you're a tiny cruiser. <laughs> Like the Millennium Falcon, just like yeah, dodging bullets. Pretty much. So yeah, I did some of that. That looks kind of crazy. Love how they keep upgrading it. I mean, they have to, but I mean, it's probably a lot easier to upgrade Eve graphics than WoW graphics, for example. Yeah. Uh, but even so, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they don't really have a world to worry about, do they? They can they no. can update in very discreet chunks, can't they? Yeah, they you can like, just up the poly count, can't ship. you? Yeah. <laughs> well, arguably. Well, like when they, they did were... the gun loadout and stuff, then they. Yeah, but they, it's not like they did some of the guns, they just did them all. No, true. They didn't like, do one ship at a time, they just did them all. Mm. Apart from in a few very specific cases. But even so, that's. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that wasn't a lot of work, but there's still a. There's still one part of the Eve universe that they just decided to do. Yeah. Like. And then other times they do the reskins of the ships, don't they? And then other times they do the. Yeah, like the planets and stuff. Like the space, the the spa- yeah, the, like yeah, the space. Well, the, what was it? The, the skyboxing. Yes, yeah. the accurate skyboxing. So they've done it in parts, but I mean, I, I don't. I guess they're sort of done with that now. I don't think there's there's. I don't think there's any graphical patches due for quite a while. Presumably, well, presumably they'll be working on the station. Stuff. Well, yeah, there is that <laughs> at some point, maybe. The, well, as it says here, the ambulation engine. <laughs> yep, the ambulation. You have to ambulate. <laughs> That's a genius name. <laughs> I didn't know that that was what it was called. <laughs> That's great. So you'll be at ambulation stations in your station? <laughs> yep. Apart from probably not, because I don't care about that shit. Of course not. <laughs> I don't think does, anyone does. Does anyone? <laughs> no. I, mean, it's like, I wonder whether that's ever actually going to happen at this point. But surely that adds an element of role-playing like, into the game. That's yeah, but I don't think yet, anyone but... who's playing it cares. Well, they just play it for the systems, not for the, yeah. like, I'm this dude in this world. Yeah, it's like no one cared about the people flying the ships. It's the Russians. Yep. But uh, I think the only thing that I can think of that's probably, like, a major thing that they that was theorised that might come apart from the walking stations was stuff like the, like, they were going to redo the asteroid belt so they were actually more like asteroid belts. As in, like, just a one big ring that encircles the sun. Didn't, didn't they promise that a long time ago? Yeah, but then they read. They said that, said it more, like, more committedly. Mm. <laughs> committedly? Committedly. <laughs> they said it more committedly. With more conviction. Well, not, not sure about that. <laughs> but yeah, they suggested that that might... And, like, comet, comets and stuff. Like, different ways to mine. 
Because mm. <laughs> Asteroid Belts have always been dumb in EVE. Because they are just like blocks of. Well, they're like, like mini rings. Yeah, it's like they? a like, tiny arch of yeah. asteroids that just happen to be near a planet. But really, that's, I mean, that is the big problem with that whole idea of like planet wide, uh, system wide asteroid belts is like, how do you balance it? Because presumably they wouldn't just, because if they made an asteroid belt that did encompass the entire system, that would be so many goddamn asteroids that would just completely unbalance like the resource intake, presumably. Because mm. I'm not sure, and that's, I guess that's something their economist has to work out, but it's like, how much difference would it be from clearing one of the asteroid belts and then moving on to another one and then clearing a whole system and then moving on to another system? It's like, how, if much, you can, how, well, how much can you with the economy messed up by the fact that you can just keep yeah but you can just like, like stay in one system for a whole day mm. I mean presumably that's just a, like they just have to take into account that time gap of having to move between systems and belts and just like proportionally reduce the amount of resources you get or something <laughs> presumably it wouldn't be that difficult to balance if they wanted to mm. although that does sort of give you other problems in like low sex space where it's like if you can just stay in one system and mine it without having to travel, then that gives it, like, more defensive... Oh, maybe that's the thing, yeah. Maybe the d- density is, like, less. Yeah. The density of good materials. Yeah. But it's like, you still don't want... You still maybe want people travelling, is the idea. Because mm. if you can just stay in one system the whole time and still get the equivalent resources as if you were travelling from system to system, maybe that's a bad thing. Mm. I don't know. Fuck it. That's something for them to work out. Yeah, that's a good one. So, yeah, that's Eve. I'm still grinding away to get that ship. I'm going to get it. Only the, I've decided I am only going to get the, that new cruiser rather okay. than the new battleship because the new battleship doesn't look as cool and isn't as useful to me. No, it doesn't look as cool. As your you, cruiser or your old... Well, as this new cruiser. Right, just like, yeah. like One of the most... Imp- this is dumb. Yeah, this but, is dumb. But the kind of... Have you seen, have you seen the news post they did about this, Dan? Because this will interest you as well. But where they, Really? The stuff they've put online about what the new ships are and stuff like that, they've, they're basically using WebGL to provide a 3D model of the ships. Okay. But it looks really good, like almost as good as the game good. Well, yeah, WebGL's pretty good. But it's just I mean, the speed it's at which it loads WebGL. and it's... Right. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. but it's the speed at which it loads. It's like, at least on my connection. Anyway, <laughs> well, on your connection, everything loads fast. Yeah, but it was pretty seamless. And I was just kind of, that's kind of impressive because it's animated and they had the, like, the engines going and the bits well, I of guess shit all you need is just the, the right way. And, uh, what do you need is the textures, right? It's the I same guess. assets, maybe. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, how big do you think that is, like the textures for a, a ship? Like a couple of megabytes or something on your? Probably, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I get even what you so, mean. Even so, I was just like, I have not seen that before. That well, that's cool. pretty cool. I mean, I'd have to have a fallback because it won't work on IE10, let alone i9 or 8 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So, um, well, we, yeah, we were running it in Chrome, but <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. But like, um, most that's why that's probably the main reason why people don't use WebGL more often is because you know there's probably a ton of people on IE10, uh, and it's only the cutting cutting edge or well, the latest latest IE that actually supports WebGL. But well, it's super yeah. cool. And I mean, you know, it's, the, eff- the effort needed to actually make 3D stuff. Well, if you're a already a game... Just making it, a website. But, well, yeah. that's true. But if you're already a game developer, it's just it's basically a very similar API to OpenGL. So mm. uh, obviously not as many features, but uh, you can do some pretty cool stuff. So yeah, that, that, it's pretty awesome. And I look forward to 
more of that st- stuff on the web. Although it's going to be weird for me because like I might have to learn some graphics programming <laughs> to stay cutting edge with, with the web, which is already bad enough with canvas, let alone frickin' which is like 2D mostly. Although that's how WebGL works is you use a canvas element and then you just use a, a 3D context on it uh, rather than a 2D context. Um, but yeah. I know nothing. It's been so long since I've dealt with <laughs> 3D graphics. So speaking of theoretical programming stuff, I guess. Stop out. Yeah. Stop out. Really, I didn't really play that again. And I also didn't really do very much on my mod work because, well, the trouble was I kept thinking about doing it. And then I'd start doing something else. And then I was like, yeah, well, let's get on to doing that stuff thing. And then by the time I tried to start doing it, it would be like midnight. And I've, I've forced myself not to continue doing anything after midnight so it doesn't fuck up my sleep. <laughs> Ah. It's like, I need to stop thinking about programming at midnight so I can have like a few hours of not thinking about it. No, that's a very good idea. Going to sleep buzzing with, yeah. with ideas is bad. So really, I haven't done very much of my Starbound mods. I did a little bit, except I spent most of the week trying to... The Someone posted in like the discussion post of my main mod, he posted an error, which is it's like an easy enough error to read. Like I can see what line it's pointing to and everything. Except cool. on my computer, it works perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, no, not one the of bug. these bugs. Yeah. But, so, yeah. You need I repro steps. I basically tried, tried to spend the whole week trying to work out what could possibly be doing it, and I still couldn't. Oh, man, those are the worst, though, because sometimes you just end up with... I've literally at work been dealing with problems which are only appear on a client's live database yeah. or a live system. And I'm running a copy of that database, that client's database. I use their setup as my test environment because it's yeah. got a bit of everything. Um, and you still and can't, can't reproduce it. I can't, I can replicate it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's been a nightmare. So I more or less gave up on that guy's bug after like four days. And then on the fifth day, I was like, let's try and actually make something new. But then I still haven't finished that because I was, I was trying to do, because of my my main mod with the like the real like power cables and everything, it, the one of the things you have is solar solar panels, which is the only way you get power at the moment. Yep. So that that was my first thing. But then I was trying to the way they work at the moment, like the solar panels don't work if you're not looking at them effectively. <laughs> it's like as soon yeah. as they get unloaded, like as soon as you walk away from them, because obviously the object doesn't exist, so it doesn't run any scripts, so it doesn't create any power. Yeah. So I was trying to trying to work out the maths to make it, you know, using use the system clock basically to figure out how, how much long. you need when you when yeah. they get loaded back in. Which is slightly it's like it's because there's another mod that does essentially the same thing but for crops because it used to in in normal starbound crops don't grow unless you're on the same planet. Like, well, I'm not sure if they also grow when they're unloaded, but yeah, they don't grow properly, basically. So there's a mod that fixes that, which makes them grow at any time. And that one actually goes further than using the internal clock of the game. It uses the actual system clock. So it can, so it works out time while you're not even playing the game. Oh, cool, <laughs> it makes yeah. makes them grow the right amount. So I wasn't going to go quite that far, but... It's like relatively well, that speaking, might, it might even be easier to go that far. I mean, if yeah. they just have a call that is like, "What's the Unix timestamp?" and then they just, you know, take them away from each other and well, it's like, yeah, multiply. I, I mean, I could do that as well, but then the trouble, the trouble with, I kind of made myself this problem by because, like, that in theory is okay to do. It's like I know I can understand the idea of how that works, 
But then I added another layer of problem on top of that by making it solar panels that only work during daytime and planets can have different day lengths. Oh, no. Uh, and I was programming like, shit, time. maths. <laughs> it's time for some programming. That's my favorite thing. Like, whenever I have a problem with this with programming, you need a bit of maths, but it's never, like even close to the kind of maths I did at like A level. No, it's it's always like <laughs> GCSE level shit where I'm like, how do you divide by what? Like it's it's always super simple, but like well it's, well it's, like it's, the operations are simple, but the actual concept is more complicated yeah. to like get your head yeah, around. That's, but the that's, that's, actual that's more yeah, but the individual but the, yeah so things you need was, to do. One of one of our one of our favorite bugs that we had a while back was uh, any any fun, any kind of date based mathematics that you're having to do especially when the maths you're working on is against the week number of the year which is a really annoying thing to work like against 52 yeah, well, well, favorite well no because like at the end of a year you then have a real problem to figure out actually what is the weekend and week start and by what rules do you judge that right yeah and it's like that the maths to, yeah the maths to figure that out can be a real bugger like we had a we had a bug at one point that basically got that calculation wrong very slightly so you could have a day or two where it would render it would just miscalculate where the start of the week was and so it would think that those days didn't fall into any week <laughs> and so would consider those days sort of non-existent in a way <laughs> so that, it's like, that, that math is actually it's actually pretty hard it's like the it's all simple match at the, in terms of operationally i mean dan's right it's not like i'm signing or co-signing or logging every logarithms all out coming yeah. out of my ass it's just you know i have to divide this by this but if i do that then that's not going to quite work and then i need a mod there and yeah it was slightly inconvenient it, like it would be more convenient if there was actually just a call in starbound to tell you how long the day was in game time but there isn't so, I hate, so you have to calculate it. You have to, you have to basically have a, have a function that just like runs once and says, okay, the world time is now this. And then like a couple of seconds later, it runs again and says, okay, now the world time is this. And the amount of day this has passed, because you can yeah, get yeah, ratio, a proportional yeah. amount of day. <laughs> yeah. Where right. like it's zero at the start of the day and one at the end, at the of, end the of the day. <laughs> So it's like you have to work out how much of the day has passed between those two checks, and then calculate how long the day is. It's just like, well, that's unnecessarily complicated. Do you? Yes. Or could you? Oh, well, because the actual day period within what the light period? Because well, the length of the difference? day depends on the planet. Sure, but if you're only dealing between zero and one, surely the day cycle just falls between a min and max bound. No, but you are, you then you need to you you need to calculate how long the day is in in time units, so that when you say how long the solar panel has existed it uh, can convert that into how many days it's existed oh okay weird just slightly inconvenient that's just they're missing an api call there because obviously yeah, somewhere in the internally you it knows how long the day is oh yeah because being was saying if this is for the electric system it's like it, it's like surely you only need it to say is power or isn't yeah power. but unfortunately but, i gave myself a whole problem by using solar panels yeah. where they have to be on for half of the day <laughs> You, know, you have to work out which half of the day that is. Oh, oh because, you should have a because they crazy have bell curve charge, you thing. Mean, or like, you need a crazy ass like. Charge. Yeah, I mean, they, they. You mean? Sorry, I'm confused by what, why this is a problem. Like, so, like, it has to build up some. It has to be on for half a day to store power. No, it, to it, deliver later. They're only, they're only on during the daylight hours. <laughs> but then, surely that's just between two bounds of this zero over one. Say, like, from point two five to point seven five. Yeah, but then you still have to multiply that by the day length. 
that you've calculated by doing this other calculation. Why? Because if it's between two five and seven five, isn't that all you need? It depends when you, when you when the solar panels load and deload. Oh right, there's more to it on that sense. You right, still have right. to like if the solar panel unloads at night and then you come back and it's like point three of the day during the day, you still have to discount the night part from the time that you're adding on. Okay, it's, yeah, it sounds like API failings. Yeah. This is one of those things that seems conceptually simple. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I I know how I'm going to do it. It's just a matter of finishing off this bit of maths that I have to do, and then like, I'm. It's slightly annoying, but basically the way it works at the moment is like the battery says to the solar panel, every game tick, the battery says to the solar panel, how much power do you have? And then the solar panel says, I've got this much power, and it gives it. So I'm going to have to make basically a special call that when they when they come out of a deloaded state, they're going to have to make a special call that says, how much extra power do you theoretically have? <laughs> right, yeah. And then just get that in one big lump, basically. Fudge the electricity for how much time you weren't on screen. Yeah. So that's slightly annoying. But yeah, it should theoretically work. I just haven't got around to it. And then I keep not getting to it before midnight. I just so say is, no. Is that how the game simulates how much time has passed when you're not there then in general? Or? I don't think it does. Like the, like I said, the farm farming crop items, those normally in the base game, those don't grow while Unless you're, you're nearby, there. right? I think they might grow if you're on the same planet, which is weird because they don't grow if you're not on the same planet. And you'd think that would solve that same problem because they're unloaded and it's just a generic unload state all right maybe it's just not exposed yeah or maybe they work on well i guess world time is the the oh they don't they don't i guess they don't need day and night to work yeah they also don't need day and night yeah so can you use a combination of the two then well i mean that's what that mod does right mod that fixes the farm rules so yeah it's it's slightly dumb but it's a i mean it's sort of I already had to deal with the unloading problem for the cable system because it's like I basically solved that by just saying making it do a full reset of the system when it re- when it reloads. <laughs> so when it comes out of an unloaded state, it's like ah, oh, I don't know. What, just delete all the information you had inside, <laughs> apart from the bit where you say how much power you had. Just save that one variable because then it rechecks all the connections, which is probably the only real way of doing that. Yeah, same sensible. But that that's the annoying thing. It's like. If you're doing any kind of complex mod work, probably in any game, the whole idea of unloading and reloading, particularly if it's like Minecraft or Terraria or or this, where it's a block-based system, where it's like parts of it can theoretically be unloaded. Yeah, how does that work in something like Buildcraft, where they're like, <laughs> yeah, well, that, it's I mean, a pipeline missing. <laughs> for a long time in in mine in the Minecraft mods, they had they made a special block that forced the block of world to stay loaded regardless oh, right. of how far away you went okay so while you had all that stuff built that area would always be running yeah pretty much which and it would slow that, down your game if, yeah if you were that like... has its own problems yeah <laughs> having to force it to stay loaded i think they did fix that for like buildcraft eventually but yeah and i also i mean i had another weird problem along the similar lines with the solar panels where they were when they, when the solar panels do a check to see if there's any blocks obscuring their light i guess mm. Which is just like it checks a hundred blocks above it to see if anything's there, <laughs> which is a very cheap way of doing it. But the problem with that was that when the solar panels were right on the edge of the screen, for some reason that makes it fail. It's like those that when they're right on the very very edge of your visible screen area, mm. that it doesn't properly check the, whether the blocks are obscured or not, so they go off. <laughs> is it because is it just on the right or is it doesn't? No, it's on like the top. 
because they're on the top because it's checking above the solar panels. Mm. So I was like, well, that's has it unloaded those hundred blocks above? Well, I don't think it could have because they're too close. <laughs> so I, I was like trying to work out what's wrong with it, and then I prob- then I figured like, well, actually, probably it's just unloading. It's going to be a problem when it unloads as well. Mm. If you just extrapolate that theory, it's like at some point those blocks won't exist. Yeah. So then I just made it so that like the solar panels only check if there's clear space above them when you can physically see them. <laughs> it's like if this solar panel is loaded and you can see it on the screen, then do a check. Hmm. So then you can have solar panels that that are in caves and they work, provided you run away. Yeah, basically. I mean, that's, that's sort of a problem that the game has anyway. Like, sometimes when you're in a cave, if it's raining on the surface of the planet and you're in a cave, but you jump upwards so that the top ceiling of a cave is off screen for a moment and then comes back into screen, some rain appears. Because oh, right. it's fixed, yeah. there's nothing above there. <laughs> so, yeah. Fighting against game systems, that's always fun. Seems like they have... Seems like their unload load strategy is a bit heavy-handed. Maybe. I mean, they uh, it's, it's one of those things where, like, this kind of world-building game, you have to be pretty hardcore about it just for the, like, particularly if it's a multiplayer server. Surely that, yeah, I guess that depends on when, in this case, surely there's, like, it's just defining what the boundary is, like, how far away do you go before the unload happens. Yeah. And it's, uh, it sounds like maybe it's a bit close. Maybe. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it sucks when... It's a weird thing in, like, Starbound when areas haven't loaded, like when we were getting server lag. Mm. They're actually quite small chunks. Like, the area that a chunk that loads at once will fit entirely on your screen. Mm. So presumably it's loading, like, a bunch of them. Or maybe it's more of a question of just having more... Like, they need to figure out what shortcuts they need to this stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know, like, say, there's a ceiling above me, like, yeah. flag or something, so therefore you don't ever need well, to spawn Well, that's quite a different top. flag, really, because it has to check an infinite distance, I suppose. Uh, true, but you can sort of, if it if it's seen it in the near, in, like, the relative, like... Near, yeah, maybe. If, it, if it's seen all above it at some point, then it can set it, maybe. Although I think it's actually still, like, fudging that anyway, <laughs> because there's... I'm not sure whether they still exist, but at one point there was like, it, in a planet, there was asteroid belts that were like super low altitude. <laughs> like they still existed in the world, and if you just built a really tall ladder, you could get to them. But uh, in, instead of actual asteroid belts, which they have now, which are like a separate biome, like you land on them. So I think those sometimes screw up like my solar panels. That's why I had to limit it to like 100 blocks, because if you set it to like 5,000 or something, the solar panels never work because there's something up there. <laughs> right. And it just counts that as solid. But whereas uh, that doesn't affect the rain, so I presume the rain is like fudging it by like having a lower ceiling. <laughs> they, hmm. If they had some way of determining whether or not the background of that tile. What was like, is it super, how is, is it cave or is it sky or something? Well, no, like, surely it's just if there's something directly behind it is sky. Well, not always though. Because the backgrounds don't aren't always solid underground. You can like mine through the background. No, but then it wouldn't be sky behind. It wouldn't be like blue. Or <laughs> well, that's what I meant by the X Y because that's basically what that is. Mm. It's like once you go below a certain X point, yeah, it they, they, they must already they must already have some identifier for what graphic to display. Yeah, if you could have access to that, then that solves your problem, surely. <laughs> sort of, except yeah. for those asteroids that count as being in the sky part of the level. <laughs> yeah, but if the, you just had sky directly behind. The rough vicinity of your of your panel. Yeah, but that's not enough. You need like 
some distance above, and where you can just have the sofa in like a big room. <laughs> yeah. You're simulating the third dimension. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so yeah, fucking Starbound. So Starbound. Talked about that enough. Yeah. Okay. Considering our little work I did on that this week. <laughs> well, it's just, it's, it is interesting. Because it's like, it's like it's picking apart game systems, which is kind of interesting. So talking about picking apart game systems, because there's a fucking lot of systems in Bravely Default. Hey. Which turned Ooh. up uh, off from Amazon after my mysterious Amazon problems. It begins. I, I have problems with Amazons. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I played a significant amount of that. It's time to break out the Shambles beer. So what's the dealio? It's a JRPG and it's from Square Enix, but it's not Final Fantasy, but it's good. Is that right? Well, so like one of the things that I'd always that I'd been seeing a lot that I was interested in was all the people were like, "Oh, it's the best Final Fantasy game ever." <laughs> And then, then, as I said before, it's like I was trying to determine how ironic that was. Where it's like, do they mean that Final Fantasy is shit and this is a better game than Final Fantasy, or are they actually sort of being sincere? (laughs) I think it's more the latter. Okay, does it does bear reasonable similarity to some of? Well, it's basically it. It's basically a sort of cross between Final Fantasy and Golden Sun, particularly in the story. I mean, it's basically Golden Sun's story, which I assume must just be like. It must be based off some generic Japanese folklore or something, considering right. it's not considering that it's a really odd, that it is like literally pretty much exactly the same as Golden Sun. That yeah. makes me think it must be it yeah. must be taken from something. Because right. yeah, it's basically the same story as Golden Sun. The world is falling apart because of the because the four elemental crystals aren't glowing any longer. So we have to go around the world to the different to the different element towers and light the crystals. That's basically the story of Golden Sun and this game. Mm. Okay. So yeah, you do that. You trundle around the world. <laughs> you trundle. Like, up crystal towers. <laughs> do you have a caravan? Well, you do get an airship almost immediately, which is quite ridiculous. It's just like, Final Fantasy game, have an airship. But have, have an this airship. one from practically the start of the game. Awesome. But, That's your main way. I think you showed me that in the demo, though, isn't it? That's your main way of traversing... It wasn't in the demo. That oh, wasn't it? Oh. Well, I was saying you were showing me something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, you but... get you get the airship like almost immediately, except then it breaks sort of. Well, it's weird because you get the airship almost immediately, but it can only land in water because it's a literal ship that also turns into an airship. I see. So, so it, it has have, no wheels. Yeah, it doesn't have landing gear or whatever. You can only land it in water. But for, at the start of the game, because of the water temple being fucked up, all the water in the world is fucked, apart from like inland lakes. So, like, the seas are all fucked, so you can't land in the seas. So that's how they gate you initially. <laughs> it's like, okay. you can only land where the water's okay. And then once you once you fix the water temple, someone jumps on your airship and destroys the power core so it can only work as a boat. And it's like, now you can't fly over land any longer. <laughs> so they yeah. gate you there as well. Now you're in the sea and nowhere else. Yeah, but you fix the sea at that point so you can at least land on the ports. That's kind of, I, I mean, that's kind of fine, because it's... That, in a way, is somewhat more explainable than, like, I don't know, Lost Odyssey, where you get the boat, and they're like, um, oh, there's a strong current here, we can't go in it. (laughs) Oh, good old strong current. Yeah, and it's just a slightly darker patch of sea, (laughs) or or in in some cases, like a wall of storm, like a literal wall. Well, it's like Skies of Arcadia. But yeah, where they had like the mysterious wind walls, where well, once your ship upgrades, you can fly through them. Because, yeah, Skies of Arcadia kind of gets away with it because all of that world is mental. Well, yeah, <laughs> but and the way ships work in that world is like weird. Yeah, so, yeah, 
so that's basically the story. It's like it's basically gone some, and you know. Even the fight system bears some sort of visual similarity to Gone Sun more than Final Fantasy, probably. Yeah. Or well, maybe the older Final Fantasies. Yeah, it is. It is quite visual, you know, just in terms of layout, I suppose. Yeah, like, like two lines of two dudes. lines of enemies, yeah, and a rotating camera. And... It doesn't rotate though, really. That's why it's, like Gone Sun was cool because it had that weird, like the camera actually rotated, even though the sprites always only had two different animations, like the yeah. front animation and the back animation. So they used Mode Seven to try and make it look like it was rotating. Yeah, it sort of worked. Whereas in this, it's like the camera doesn't really rotate; it just switches to different angles. <laughs> Which can be like slightly jarring in some cases. I, know, I like that. I think the visual style is real good. Yeah, though. I mean it looks it fine, and like the the art in the towns is pretty cool. Where it's like weirdly sort of like hand drawn looking, apart from it's also in three D, and mm. like the three D is actually good. Cool. The character design That's always a good like a thing on the three DS, right? <laughs> yes. The character design reminds me a little bit of like um, you know the FMV they added to Final Fantasy Tactics for the PSP version. <laughs> well, or, I don't know that, but I have seen the original, oh, which right. was really bad as well. But the sort of I don't know, almost mostly featureless faces, you know, yeah, the sort of with, with a with a sudden bit of eye. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's my, kind of weird. It's just like they, plain. for some reason they don't have noses. Mm. Apart from they sort of do. It's just like you don't. It's subtle, so you don't notice it most of the time. Just a, like a dot for a nostril or something. Or... <laughs> sort of. Pink nose. But yeah, so... Uh, I don't know. It's a very complicated game in terms of mechanics. Like, I mean, even just the basic battle system is pretty goddamn complicated. The whole idea of Brave and Default. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. Like storing up turns and then using turns. And you actually have to... I think maybe... Maybe the best thing about it is, like, the balance of it... I mean, I, I, I made the mistake of starting on normal and then immediately turned it to hard because normal is well easy. But then again, hard is like... Hard will sort of maybe sometimes require you to A, occasionally grind because there, there do seem to be occasional bits where it's like it's not a very smooth difficulty curve. Mm. Like you'll come to a new era and you'll be like, holy fuck, everything here is well hard. So you would have to do a little bit of grinding. And the other thing that occasionally happens in hard is like... Well, I guess it's a. I guess this is more a good thing than that than the other one. But in hard, you'll find like you can't just brute force it as much for bosses. It's like you actually have to maybe respec your team specifically for a boss. Yeah, I've, I've seen there are a lot of the reviews have said that um, that you know you you can be cruising for even in normal mode. Apparently, this is true that you can be cruising for a while and then you'll come across a boss fight that pretty much demands a certain yeah. technique. I mean, um, the, I guess really the first well. I guess I say it's it's not really the first boss. It's not even really a very early boss, relatively speaking. But it's the first major boss because it's the first of the temple first tower. Right, the first temple boss is like I had such trouble with that because it's basically this two-headed dog thing, and it has like a fire head and an ice head. Okay, and together they do like an even more ridiculous ice fire attack or whatever, <laughs> and like that thing just destroys you because it because it's a two-headed thing. It gets two turns per turn. And inevitably, it, and all of its attacks hit your whole team. Mm. So that thing just murdered me like for ages. And I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to. So in the end, you just have to basically make your entire team mage classes. So you have Some super high magic resistance. Mm. Right. And then also I had to grind for a little bit before that to level up the mage. Black. When you level up black mage, you get one of the support abilities, which is like passives. One of the support abilities you get on Black Mage is like resist fire. 
other Tandy. So if you have that on everyone... She's only take the ice damage. Well, or you take some of the fire damage, but not as much. So it's like you really have to basically set yourself up for that and maybe not play the classes you're usually playing. But then, of course, if you're playing a class that you've never played before, you're shit. <laughs> Does that mean you have to grind up the job before doing the boss? Yeah. yeah. It's like you have to grind up the job level a little bit to make you slightly less shit at that job before you <laughs> go into the boss. I mean, I'm not sure that... A bit of that sort of appeals to me because that kind of reminds me of how old Final Fantasy sort of worked. Right. I don't know, some of, like, FF8, I, I thought. You know, admittedly, you didn't well, have... Well, you, you just have, like you were junctioning differently in Final yeah, Fantasy, really. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But you, you, it wasn't as hardcore as having to spec your team differently, but there were times where you'd, have, you'd go into it and go, I am so not ready for this. Yeah. And you'd have to go away and, like, either rethink the strategy or, well, that or, or just go and grind. And some of that... Back in those days, and I don't know there's something about FF8 the way that did it, and it didn't. It never felt particularly bad. But you play it like a modern RPG, and you reach that point. Sometimes it's just like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> a lot of the time in FF8, it, that happened sort of more in the open world aspect, didn't it? Because it's like stuff that sure. you wouldn't necessarily have to do at that point. Yeah, FF8 did give you a lot of freedom on. <laughs> so you could walk go. into something that was actually like too difficult for you. Yeah, and by the time you get the the flying ship and you discover the level 100 island <laughs> you're in trouble yeah so yeah that's pretty decent and then the other thing that's sort of sort of awesome that helps you with that element of having to respect your team and whatever is like all the different options they've got for for configuring the way battles happen basically because it's like you can turn up or down the encounter rate, which is clearly awesome. Mm. So it's like when you're grinding, you just set it to maximum so you get a fight like every step. <laughs> so you're never not fighting. And then if you just need to run somewhere, you turn it to zero and just have no fights. Well, I guess this leads to the obvious question that any grind-based RPG has to have. Are the fights varied enough to keep it interesting? Well, I mean, probably because like in order to make a grind like have you need at least enough enemy variance to sort of <laughs> keep you guessing a little. Well, no, because I don't think that's the idea. Because it's like when you're doing a grind, I think you want to know what the enemies are, so you can just get through it quickly, which is what this lets you do. True. Because I, I mean, don't know. you can certainly encounter rate up and down. You can toggle it so you you don't gain experience or money or job points, so you can turn those on and off independ- independently. Which is nice if you like don't want to just totally overlevel yourself. Mm. <laughs> if you're doing grinding for the cash, but you don't want to totally overlevel your team, you can just turn off experience points. Because we can sort of do a comparison here in a way. Because I've been playing FF thirteen too. Yeah, and its auto battle system has a bit of a problem in that for mo- most of the time you do just put it in auto and the fight wins itself. Well, that's and it's I mean, and it's yeah. like. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, there are. It's you. You can mix it up, like so. The game, the the only real like impetus in Final Fantasy thirteen and two, thirteen two is to go for the five star ratings in the fight, which can give you a higher drop rate for loot and stuff. Right. Um, and so you end up mix it, messing with your strategies for certain areas, pretty much purely based on that, because you're really not going to die from a normal encounter. Right. Um. I think it happened once, but the game specifically said, yeah, these things are bastards, try and avoid them. So I didn't. <laughs> Naturally. Thinking, yeah, I could take that, and it just owned me. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that makes the grind that interesting, but it makes boss fights interesting. Well, that system. I think, like, but, every area that you've come, that I've come to in, like, Bravely Default normally 
has I mean the enemies between areas are probably varied enough that you're always doing a different tactic. Probably. I mean not that much. Once you've got a once you've got your team deep into a into a job so they're like quite powerful, mm. that maybe sort of lessens it. Although there are a couple of it's like you find enemies that do where they do brave or default. So it's like there's this one type of enemy that I've been is in this one cave that I've been grinding in. There's one type of enemy that not, that I have to use a completely different tactic for from the, all the other ones that I'm grinding on. It's like all the other ones you just set it up and I just set it. I just because this is nothing you can do. You can set it to auto where it just repeats whatever your last inputs were. Right. So when I'm doing this grinding, I find like this group of free city shitty whatever they are bats. <laughs> not quite bats, but effectively. But, and then you just, so you enter your whole team's commands. And I know I can always wipe these things out in one turn. So I just set, set everyone's commands to maximum and just brave it and just kill them all in one go. And then set that to auto and just run around and that's how I grind. But then in that cave, there's also one type of enemy which will like quite often default on its first turn and therefore block survives block the brave. Right. Yeah. So if it survives your brave and then you're just standing there for four turns taking hits, <laughs> which is not good. <laughs> So what stops, the, what stops the bosses from braving four times immediately and immediately murdering you? Like well, they do do that sometimes, but you just have to do... This is what you always do when you enter a new area. You always default on the first turn or for the first three turns just to see what the enemy does. I see. <laughs> okay. But, and I that's mean, maybe... Like, so if, seen... you d- if you default and the, the boss still kills you straight away, you know you need to grind, I guess. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right? Or, like, okay. respec your team slightly to, like, different resistance. Yeah. Because the last big boss I fought was like a real pain in the ass because it has, it it comes down and I'm like, okay, what's this boss? Stand there for a couple of turns. It's like, well, it's doing a health draining attack and not much else. So I'm like, so I've built up my brave points by defaulting. Mm. So I'm like, okay, now attack. And like you hit it and it does one damage. And I'm like, shit, well, it must be like magic. It must be physical resistance. So I'll have to use magic on it or whatever. So I'm like, I'm about to do that, but on the next turn, it just fucking explodes and kills everyone. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. <laughs> so then what I eventually figured out, like after a couple of secondary times, like I tried setting everyone to magic resistance to see whether the explosion was magic instead of physical, and that didn't really work. But I worked out what the trick is, like, is that is this boss is actually on a on a precisely timed cycle. So it, like, it spends three turns being invincible and like draining your health. Then on the fourth turn, it transforms, which basically means its shield comes down. Mm. But then the turn after that, the explosion happens. Right. So as long as you always default on that turn so you can at least survive the explosion, then you basically have an opportunity to hit it and heal yourself after that. Before the shield comes back. Yeah, before the shield comes back. And so it's always this three-turn cycle of like three turns where where you can't hit it then the explosion then you can hit it for a while and it transforms back so once you work that out it's possible to survive the giant explosion <laughs> it sounds like they've just made the boss fights like a puzzle mode yeah sort of. which, which is a kind of cool that's it's a cool, cool idea apart from, yeah. apart from it still it still runs into sort of the classic problem with these kind of things where it's just like there's no way there's no way of telling in advance so no. you're always just going to have to walk in there without knowing and die. probably just yeah. die <laughs> and like, then, then try and work out what what the actual tactic was a bit like my problem with the encounters in Magic the Gathering yeah. you have to play it through in order to really figure out what's coming so you know what to plan for yeah and it's and then there was this other boss where <laughs> there was another boss that I was in where it was a, it's a sword master and so the sword master class is all about counters so like and his, 
he, he was like super powerful. So he'd, like, if you accidentally hit him when he's got a counter ready, he just kills you. <laughs> Whoa! So I was basically like, well, fuck. So so what I eventually worked out from that is like you just have to default forever because occasionally instead of doing a counter, he just braves three times and does like physical attacks. Mm. So providing you can survive the physical attacks, you've got you three got turns where he's not doing yeah. anything. <laughs> A few attack phases. But it kind of sucks when you're just like standing there and he's like, he's just going into counter pose over and over. It's mm-hmm. like, come on, just attack me, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's being like Marth in Smash Bros. Yep. Counter everything. Counter pose. Mm. So yeah, you have to think about it. And then the different classes that you get from like uh, the jobs that you get by defeating a lot, of, like you defeat these enemy bosses that are that class and then you inherit their class basically. Mm-hmm. So, so like that swordmaster is the last one that I got so I've now got the swordmaster <coughs> job Cool. but like a lot of these jobs have different well not a lot of them several of these jobs have like completely different mechanics that are like really confusing like the salve maker who basically just mashes items together to make new effects oh uh, there was wasn't there a character in FF that did that was yeah it probably FF9 I think quite possibly yeah that was one of the that was like their limit break I was, yeah. like, I was, was right just to, yeah was to, you chuck two Two-way items terms. and see what happens I do remember that but that's like so this whole class is basically about like mashing items together so that opens up a whole new section of your encyclopedia where it's like here's 89 different possible item combinations that you have to try and find <laughs> And that's kind of really annoying because you're like sitting there in the menu going like, okay, combine this thing with, and then you just could try each of the different options to see whether it does anything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's slightly annoying, kind of like, you know, this weird one class that has this special way of playing. And then obviously, you know, there's more obvious ones like the Swordmaster with its all counters. It's quite a few jobs, isn't there? Yes, there's like 24, apparently, which is quite a lot. And I've got probably half of them now and I guess I'm about halfway through the game probably but given that you're probably going to sink what 50-60 hours into a game at like least this, yeah then it's good to have that variety because I guess that's one thing that like a lot of the, the big RPGs don't have really is your ability to sort of I don't know mix mix things up like I guess some of the FFs you have plenty of characters and so the idea is you, I switch guess you, the characters, yeah. you switch those they're around. basically a job to themselves yeah pretty much but that's got less and less I guess as RPGs have evolved, like in a way, like most of the big name ones sort of, I don't know, they shut down the number of options almost. Like I guess Final Fantasy is the is the obvious one for that because most characters can do most things. Yeah. And in thirteen two, there is only two characters. <laughs> so it's... yeah, I mean there are sort of. I mean your your characters do have like base stats that very very slightly favour them towards different like. The magic one. The, guy, the woman who's good at magic. Mm. <laughs> so you like, probably want to be mage classes. Typical. <laughs> yes, typical. Well, I guess no, it's a JRPG, so yeah. Do you have well, a big sword? Well. Not really. They're actually kind of realistic. Yeah, it's yeah. like most of the weapons are fairly normal. Interesting. But yeah, it, apart from, as the, like, aside from the mechanics, it is hella JRPG in places. Like the actual sort of story elements get hella Japanese occasionally <laughs> where it's like oh we can't we, we have to in order to awaken the crystal you have to be wearing special uh, special robes or whatever because of course you do I don't know no. and those got destroyed <laughs> when the temple was attacked so of you course. have to you have to go to the you have to weave the some robes yeah you have to go to the sage of the woods who will weave the robes for you <laughs> and of course he's a giant pervert 
like an, <laughs> he's an old lecherous dude, right? Who's, who's constantly and it, I mean, he makes he makes dresses which are like you know <laughs> that must have been much worse than the Japanese. Yeah, I'm version, sure it was. Where like right. I hear the there has been some toning down, wearing. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had they they adjusted outfits and the age descriptions for EU and US yeah, releases. In the, in the European version, they're older. But then, like, one of the guys on your team is, like, a hella womanizer, and that's just, like, totally obvious stereotypes going on. Yeah. And then when those two guys meet up, it's like, oh, great, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> but that's exactly what, like, anime and Japanese storytelling is kind of built on, isn't it? Like, they build their characters, like, really strong in the in a certain tr- a, a couple of traits yeah but it and is then it's like, about how they play off each other but, but, this but, is... but this is like the most obvious cliches yeah, i guess Whereas particularly when it gets to like the when the town which is like it used to be a pious town and it's been all corrupted now so it's all neon and, and you know they're all they're all fancy and what you know all the women are concerned about their appearance and all this shit and it's like so how do you access the temple you have well it's not actually how you access the temple strictly, but it's on the way to accessing the temple. You have to win a fashion contest. <laughs> so enter the most beautiful woman. And we'll have to go to that guy, the sage guy, and get him to make a ridiculous outfit for you. Naturally. <laughs> it gets hella Japanese at times. So Yeah, yeah that's quite typical. <laughs> yeah. So it's not exactly unpredictably cliched. And some of the stuff is like, some of the story, I mean, apart from the obvious Golden Sun comparison where it's like, hey, this is... You, you kind of know where this story's going. They're going to light all the towers. Although I suspect that they're going to light all the towers and then something's going to go wrong. As always. <laughs> Mainly because there's only four towers and there's six chapters. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's like kind of how you know. Unless they have real difficulty lighting one of them and it's like... <laughs> I don't know about oh, that. crap, we need to go back and get this thing. Oh. Maybe. But yeah. so, yeah, and then there's like... Uh, one one of your characters, oh, in, in another classic JRPG cliche, one of your characters has amnesia, and he has a mysterious journal that seems to predict the future, except it's not quite what happens. Hmm. And I'm like, well, is it, so what is this going to be like parallel universes or time loops? All the f- classic Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> one of those things is probably going to happen. So yeah, it gets a bit like predictable, but it's okay. Don't really care about the story, it's all about the mechanics, and there's plenty of mechanics. So, story, run of the mill, really. Yeah. yeah. Not but bad. good enough to yeah. keep you. But you guys, you really like the Golden Sun stuff, even the story, right? Even And this is the same story, so. Well, maybe that's the problem, though. It's like we, right, we liked yeah. the Golden Sun story because that was the first time we'd seen that story, I guess. Yeah, I, okay. I guess Golden Sun kind of works on the back of its exchanges. Like, it didn't feel too Japanese how the characters interacted with each other. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And I'm not saying that Japanese interaction storytelling is bad. But well, it didn't it, it have didn't, so many of the cliches. It didn't feel typical. Yeah. It was... It was a, Yeah, the writing felt original, just in the way that the characters talk to each other. Even if the story is kind of, save the world, like, affair. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, the writing is, the dialogue. Yeah. yeah, it was almost like you know, you see these bad guys repeatedly, but you're not quite sure what they're up to, and it never—it's never super obvious what the whole 
Well, the main problem is, if you know what I mean, what the main... Yeah, it's because it's like at the start of Gone Son, you sort of get hinted at like what you have to do. But then as you go through the story, it's like, are we actually doing the right thing? Yeah. And, particularly, and then obviously in the second part of the Gone Son game, they flip it, where it's like, now you're playing as the other team. Yeah. <laughs> you're playing as the bad guys, essentially. It's pretty interesting, like how they played that stuff out. Yeah. Whereas this is a bit more straightforward, is it? In Bravely Seems Default. like it. Okay. But then well, speaking of speaking of like the storyline stuff, the other thing I probably should mention is like it's voice acted for like most of the main scenes. Right. Although it does seem kind of weird, like obviously I think they've had to compress the voice to fit it on the DS card, because it's sort of noticeable like how compressed it is. I don't think it was so bad. It's it's probably because you were only hearing it through a sound system rather than headphones. Yeah, maybe maybe. That probably makes it more obvious. Yeah. Maybe speakers were making a better job of it. I don't know. But the music is good. That's always important. Mm. Is it in, because uh, I saw, can you put it in like anime mode where it's voiced in Japanese, but you just yes, have subtitles? You can, if you want. That might be better. I usually prefer anime that way. So, because usually the English dubbing well, is Well, yeah, that's, that's not saying much, yeah. But it's, it's like, I don't know if the characters, it's kind of weird that if you turn the voice to Japanese, one of the do, one of the guys sounds a lot older which is weird considering that <laughs> in compared, if you think about it compared to the Japanese version compared to the EU version, in the EU version, he's actually older, but he sounds younger. Oh, of course. <laughs> Whereas in the Japanese version, he's younger, but he sounds older, <laughs> which is kind of strange. That does happen. Like they, they haven't been able to get a voice actor that's quite the same. Or... Well, I don't think that was necessarily a voice acting problem. I think it was just like a weird, like a, that's just something that Japanese do. Mm-hmm. Like, He's 16, but he doesn't sound like it. Mm. I'm sure that would be the case for most Final Fantasy games or whatever. Possibly. If 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 if, if Final Fantasy 7 had been voice acted. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have actually sounded 16. No, no. not. I can't remember what he sounds like from, like, Advent Children or something. I think he just sounds well, he's, pretty he's generic. Well, he's Japanese then, isn't it? Yeah. But even in that, even, even so. Yeah, he was kind of generic. Yeah. So that is almost sounds like he looks kind of thing. You can pretty much guess that. Yeah. Oh, and then the other important thing to finish off about Bravely Default is the the thing about the street passes that I was originally worried oh, about. Oh, yeah. Ho was playing that quite a bit, and she got a few street passes, and they're, like, pretty overpowered uh, for her level when she got them. Well, I mean, the like, you can get it by street passes, or there's also you just get, like, four dudes off the internet per day, and right. you can send moves, basically. And they can be overpowered, or they can be incredibly underpowered, depending on just, like... Where you are, or, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends, like, what move people are sending more than anything else. Like, a lot of the time, you just get people that send special moves, and they're just right. like, oh, it does 9,999, because <laughs> <laughs> of, of course it would. Match. But then sometimes you'll get people who just send, like, a heal, which is kind of nice, or you'll get people who send, like, a move that doesn't actually do damage, like a steal or a... or whatever. Mm. Or a buff. So it really, it kind of depends on what people are sending. But I think on average, you're probably going to get a lot of special moves that are powerful. But so when do you use it? Is it like in the middle of a battle? Yeah, you're, you like, just... you're, you're like pushing the random button. No, you can choose which you, one. You know what's coming. You can choose which one of the people that you've had. Right. But you can only use each one of them once unless they're actually your friend. Okay. In which case, it, you know, you can refresh that by street passing with your friend and get whatever the most recent move they sent was. Right. But that's basically irrelevant. It's like you don't need it. And, you know, as it turned out, the street passing wasn't necessary for rebuilding the town or whatever. 
those like those four people you get off the internet per day is more than enough. I mean, I've already finished build, cool. rebuilding the town, and I'm like probably halfway through the game. Oh, okay. So that wasn't quite as long as we were expecting. No, although that is because I actually did it. I I did it for as much time as possible. Mm. It's like I left my left my DS closed every night with it running some oh, long I project. I see. Yeah, you did. You, you played to it. Yeah, but it's not that hard to do. It's just like set something up that takes twelve hours and then just leave it, <laughs> or set several things up that take twelve hours. So yeah, that's fine. Didn't really need the street passes. Done good. Thumbs up. Yep. Recommended. Cool. And yeah, the general review consensus has been positive. Yeah. It's like good. saying it's one of the, the three DS's like best RPGs. Not that I'm sure that there's no. been many of note, but Exactly. Always nice to have a good, a good Final Fantasy game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're a bit thin Just on the ground. Not Final Fantasy for some reason. Yep. Because isn't there like a, isn't there a second one already in development called Bravely Second or something? No. Well, well, maybe, but there's a move in the game called Bravely Second. Oh. Which is a dumb thing. It's basically like this. This is where the the, the mysterious thing of this game that I don't actually need to talk about at all because i never actually used it or anything but there's like a there's a microtransaction element (laughs) where you can you have this special power called bravely second where you can basically just take an extra turn whenever using these special points and if you want to get more of those special points you can microtransact (laughs) to get (laughs) you can you can can buy some matrix or you can close (laughs) the ds for eight hours and get one for free but i haven't used any of those yet Although the weird thing about it is, like, there is sort of a legitimate reason why you might want to use Bravely Second, apart from it being like an emergency extra turn or whatever. Like, if you desperately need to res someone right fucking now. Mm. I think that was the one time right. I did use it, where it's like, I had a giant team, team heal on the way, but someone died before it hit. And I was like, well, I'll just pause it, get them up, and then have the heal happen. <laughs> use that Bravely Second. But then, like, the actual sort of weirdly legitimate way you might want to use Bravely Second is because... Normally, the your attacks are limited to 9,999, but for some reason, if you're using Bravely Second, they're no longer limited, so you can do more than 9,999 damage. <laughs> so it's like a, like a bonus, I suppose. Mm-hmm. If you use Bravely Second to do an uber attack, you can go past the normal attack limit. Oh, this is awesome. Like, I was right. There is a there is an upcoming sequel called Bravely Second. Yeah. Because the game was originally finished in 2012. Well, yeah. Japan has taken a while to um to, yeah, to sub. Um but the best part is that the they it's actually been released twice in Japan. They did a, like an updated version, but it's called For the Sequel. Right. That's <laughs> just an awesome name. Bravely default for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't even a sequel. But it's not a sequel, no, it's just a a a, a, re, a revision. And the, the UK and US versions are based on that based version. on the revision, yeah. And there's also like you get like Square Enix is sending out basically bosses that you fight in your town, and there's they sent out a special one for Valentine's Day, which I I worked that out. It's like a boss appeared, and I was like, oh, this one's from Square Enix. I wonder what it's like. Went and fought it, and it's like, and then halfway through the battle, I suddenly realised, oh, this is the one for Valentine's Day that's coming up because it's like a giant dove that makes your characters fall in love with each other. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> 
about halfway through the battle, I finally worked it out. It's like, oh, this one is date, and like they have a date of like how long they 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 exist on the server, basically, to be pulled. And this one was like, oh, it's from the seventh of February to the fourteenth of February. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, so I get it now. <laughs> so yeah, there's that. I'm done with that. Talking about it, I'm not done ah. with it. No, we'll have more Still next time. Bit to go. What else have you been playing? Anything else? Or are we moving on to Rubber Camp? Oh. I don't think there's anything else. And we're going to have to move on because, you know, there's only 15 minutes of this podcast left. Uh, <laughs> it's Rob time. I've played, played quite a bit. We, we played Guild Wars. Yeah, I was making, yeah, we did play Guild Wars. That's the That was the joint operation. Yep. We uh, did the marionette boss. Which was kind of dumb. It was pretty dumb. Although at least we succeeded once. Yeah. It was, it was kind of okay. It's, it's like it's it, kind of fun to see one of these massive events that loads and loads of people could take part in at the same time. And as, well, I, it was nice that there was enough people when we did it that we could succeed. Yeah, and even <laughs> even the second time was pretty close. Yeah, it, it was still interesting. Okay, but it was a yeah, it was just a massive sort of um, a, a kind of a collaborative boss fight where you all get split into five different lanes, yeah, and each lane has to succeed. Um, well, it's like this in weird, order to move forward. It's, it's sort of this weird combination of like everyone, like a big mass of people working together, and then still like almost individual. Because mm. it's like when you're doing the lanes, it's like there's five lanes, and you probably want about twenty people per lane. And the idea of the lanes is you have to stop the enemies getting into a portal, which charges up, which basically charges up a super weapon that ends the fight when it gets charged. Yeah, right. So you're basically playing tower defense. Yeah, for, so you're, for the majority of the time. And then every now and then your turn comes around and then your lane is instructed, quick, get into the portal and you go in. And then your team gets split into five different arenas, like with a different boss in each of them simultaneously. It might be the same boss in each of them. Yeah, I think I've decided yeah. that that's how it works. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't ever 100% sure on that. But yeah, and but while the marionette is stomping around you yeah. and it's uh, it becomes kind of crazy at that point. So it's like you're going from, so you're spending most of the time with like so a lot of the time all five lanes are just defending and that's like a hundred odd people mm. and then when your lane gets called and you go through you're basically splitting down into probably four five. people yeah right so if you fuck up at that point you are the shame of the server <laughs> yeah if, you, if, you're, if your little boss arena fails to kill the boss and destroy the power generator everyone is pissed <laughs> it doesn't tell you it doesn't tell you which lane has failed but you do get a big notify notification on screen saying a lane has failed <laughs> yeah, like, but it provided the super weapon hasn't, weapon hasn't charged yet they'll get another shot at it eventually yeah so that's ba- it's, and it's quite like interesting how you can prolong the fight like mm. that whole tower defense element it's like if you don't let any of the enemies reach the portals, if all the lanes are successfully defending, in then theory, it could just keep going. Unless a lane fails, in which case it automatically adds a bit to the super weapon charge. Oh yeah, true. Yeah. So yeah, it's like it's quite a nice like. For, I I like that boss compared to some of the other mass bosses. It was had. mechanically interesting. Yeah, I mean, it. I still don't think it lives up to some of the initial hype that guild wars 2 had like you need teams doing different things in order to make this work well you know because it's basically five teams doing do the, the same, same thing. thing but separate from each other yeah um so it's never quite it's you know the, the whole the whole hype thing was about that dragon boss wasn't it, it was like oh you need these guys taking well down that the, one you do need teams doing different things it's just no one does it <laughs> no, i've never yeah i haven't seen it every time i've tried that there's been virtually no one there and it immediately fails mm. Because it's just too hard 
for our well I, and also our server is quite a small one so a lot of the time we don't have enough people to do the big things mm. yeah that's a bit of a shame I, I, that was... well, it's just like you have to get in there early which is why I was worried about the marionette one because we came in at like practically the last day <laughs> yeah but luckily people were still doing it it was still doing it it was you get you know I suppose it's two hours of well not, not a solid two hours but it's pretty good monster fighting during that time you know lots of well you get decent loot if yeah. you win that was the cool. main that's probably why people were still doing it you got a lot of loot yeah. yeah it was worth it yeah cool sounds uh, good yeah good fun so Guild Wars 2 still keeping it interesting yeah um yeah so I've been I'll carry on with our RPG front, I suppose, get so we can do the direct comparison stuff. Like, as I said, I've been playing, I've played about 12 hours of Final Fantasy XIII too. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of into it. Okay. <laughs> so even, so this isn't, this isn't Lightning Returns. That's three, isn't it? That's the third in the series, which has oh, yet to come out. Um, yeah, because my brother made the website for that like a year ago or something. Mm. And it's still not come out or whatever. Yeah, anyway. I mean, I saw that at Eurogamer. Um, where they're mixing up the fight system and stuff um, for that. Sort of played a little bit like an action game in a way. Right. But anyway, 2. Yeah, 13-2. Two. Two. Um, it's, an, it's an interesting one. Um, overall, my impression is it's a bit of a weird game, <laughs> just conceptually. It's kind okay. of strange because it's set, after, it's set directly after the events of 13, which by all accounts, were a bit fucking mental to begin with. Like, all right, spoiler alert for a really <laughs> old game. The game basically ends with two of the main characters um, who you discover used to be inhabitants of the planet below Cocoon, uh, oh. which is called Grand, P- Grand Pulse, yeah. uh, which is supposed to be like a sort of badlands that no one goes to and is kind of um, off limits. But naturally people um, were living there all along. Yeah, naturally people were living there. So these two people that, that come from there at the end of the game, basically end up turning to crystal, forming an enormous pillar that eventually holds up the sphere of Cocoon, saving it from crashing into Pulse, therefore saving basically all humanity. Um, but why that happened was never really explained. They su- supposedly sacrificed themselves to do this. Well, lots of those do turn to crystal, don't they? Because it's like when they fail their mission or whatever. Yeah, there was a sort of like a tie between the Falci, which are like the gods of the world, turning people into Lucy that have magical powers and had something to accomplish, but weren't always clear what that something was that they called a focus. Um, okay. And if they achieved it, you got turned to crystal. So presumably, the, the explanation is that Fang and Vanille, as it were, turned into crystal at just the right moment because they completed their focus, whatever the fuck it was, and their crystal just happened to be really massive and in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's as vague as the, the description gets. The rest of the story in 13, as confusing and convoluted and basically acronym and glossary requiring as it was, was pretty crap. Um, it's like this linear, just sort of meandering, right. basically, yeah. of stuff. And it was it was kind of rubbish. So this one kind of ignores all of it. Okay. Like, it just sort of goes, well, lightning's not around. And Sarah's the only one that remembers it for some reason. Um, oh, hey, some dude turns up, time travel. That's pretty much the story. Okay. <laughs> so this Noel guy turns up, like in um, whilst in this, um, they call it New Bodum, which is this place they're starting to inhabit on the surface of Pulse. 
these monsters just start materializing out of thin air after a meteorite lands, um, which introduces the idea that oh hey we're not doing the um, we're we're bring, well we're bringing back random battles guys um, because monsters <laughs> because we made up a reason for it yeah because monsters can just materialize now. Um, okay, rather than you see them on the path ahead of you, you run into Yeah, them. they've got this kind of weird hybrid system. So you're walking around in the world and the, the, the monsters materialize around you in the world. But, and you could, if you don't touch them, you can avoid fighting with them, providing you can get far enough away from them. Okay. However, if they're close enough, you have this clock that ticks down. And if it goes into the red, you're forced to fight them and... Apparently, you don't get a retry state if you're in that, but I've totally failed when in a red zone that it's just let me retry the fight, and it's been fine. Mm. So I don't know. I don't know if that just doesn't work or if it's been miscommunicated or whatever. But it's supposed to be a bad thing. Um, but if you but you get the ability to, um, if you purposefully attack them, like you can press X to sort of swing your sword around, you can go into a preemptive attack state. Um, if you go into it, which is pretty much all the time. Because it's like mm. I want to grind up these enemies. So, <laughs> provided they don't materialize and charge right into you as soon as they do, so you can get a like a. It gives you basically haste at the start of the fight. <laughs> Always helpful. Which is kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Haste. Um, so yeah, that's kind of an interesting system. It mixes it up a little bit because you're, you know, it's for the people that like random battles, they're back. For the people that don't like random battles, you can kind of avoid them. Mm. So mm. it's uh it's sort of interesting. Uh, yeah, so going back to the sort of plot elements, it's kind of strange because it's kind of lacking in an overall plot. You sort of end up going into these, jumping through time in an attempt to find lightning. Um, this other dude who you meet, Noel, has been sent by lightning. And I'm not really sure why. He's just been sort of like, find my sister. It's like, okay. But then, like, how do you get back to lightning? And what are we supposed to be doing? Why are you finding my sister? Why aren't you coming with me? That kind of stuff. She seems to be fighting this dude called Caius in this place called Valhalla, and shit's going down. Okay. I, I don't totally really understand unexplained. any of that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so then, like, the main way the story has played out thus far has just been you jumping between time zones, solving paradoxes, as, as the game describes it, where it's like, something weird's going on. Make it stop happening. Um, By punching stuff. Yeah, and all these things are kind of separated into their own little stories. Not necessarily telling a big story. Oh, that's kind of cool. Kind of episodic, kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 sort of interesting, but at times you can't help but think, I want a bigger purpose to this. And like the same problem I have with The Last of Us and things like this. I kind of want a bigger progression. Well, I guess that's what you like, expect from Final Fantasy, right? Yeah. Where, where, where exactly is the hook? right now other than we're going to find lightning and we're like we're going to go somewhere and well it might turn out it might appear eventually you it might find you might find out that all this stuff is important all along yeah i mean it's i suppose that's all time along. i mean yeah i suppose the hook is at the moment that there's this caius dude and there's this seeress called yule who seems to there seem to be many of them that all look the same um type trouble yeah exactly <laughs> That kind of thing. And apparently she dies a lot. And Caius has seen that a lot. Yeah. Um, sort of randomly. Um, so presumably something will play into that. And there's this mysterious thing at a place called the Colosseum, which just seems to be a big ball of shadow. 
that goes leave <laughs> and it's like well what the shit was that about and there's this random ruins you can go to what's that about and there's random place to be a checkerboard floor that i can't explore yet what's that about and none of that really that no one's really attempted to try and explain any of that because i don't think the main characters know anything about it you sort of turn up and go well we can't do anything here <laughs> and bugger off again okay um so which leads into another one of the plus points and that the actual structure of the game is a little less linear um than 13 because that was one of 13's major problems that there was really only one way to go through it until you reached pulse and then everything opened up quite a bit Mm -hmm. um in this you get like the the areas are designed with more routes in mind more exploration to try and find hidden stuff um and you get hidden hidden stuff which is sort of like not visible and you have to use your moogle powers to reveal it um so that and which becomes a sort of like puzzly element i suppose sometimes to try and figure out how to get the stuff in a sort of classic Final Fantasy sort of sort of way, you know, oh, what path do I have to take to get to that chest kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Or how do I get up there? Um, which is then sometimes removed by the fact that eventually you gain an ability to throw your Moogle <laughs> so they can you can just throw it at the treasure and it'll bring it back. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's, as I say, it, it, it's, it's kind of cool in all those respects. It's just, it doesn't, feel like it ever reaches the height of what a final fantasy game should mm. you know but, it's no, like, but honestly did 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 13 oh no no definitely not 13 yeah. 13 didn't but, but 13 2 was specifically like the, the their attempt to say okay we'd we listen to what you've said right we're gonna fix it okay and yet it's it's kind of not it's, epic enough no it's sort of almost too light-hearted almost too casual although like 10 2 was kind of more light-hearted than 10 right i guess maybe it's in that tradition it probably is yeah i mean it's supposed to be a lot shorter as well than the main 13 like gt basically said it comes in at about 20 hours i think it's going to be more than that on my playthrough but um but they also investigate interesting concepts like you visit the same areas multiple times, but in different time periods. And sometimes after solving a paradox, you go to an alternative timeline version of that place. So some things are different. Like uh, the, one of the characters from 13 that I've actually met is Hope. And <laughs> annoyingly. Oh, not Hope. God damn it. But he's not quite so whiny as he was before. He's like a scientist or something now. Okay. And he's like, um, but I've met him two different times. And each time it's, like this is the first time they've met since the events of 13 in two different timelines so that area is different and it's a so there's some interesting ways that that can play out and there's also a mechanic where you can reset uh the timeline for a location you've been to so it's as if you've never went there so you can play it again and in theory do different things I haven't attempted any of that stuff because I'm not 100% sure how much flexibility you get there. I don't know if that's just conversation trees where normally you get like four possible things you can say and you're only allowed to pick one of them at any one moment. Yeah. Like whether picking other conversation trees causes a difference or if some of them actually have, oh, you could you can do this in a different way if you do this. Um, I honestly don't know. Um, but apparently that's the way to get to an alternate ending and stuff if you go down that route. Hmm. And there are reasons to return to areas because you may not have an ability that lets you get all the treasure or to complete missions for certain people. And some people, some of the townsfolk, I suppose you talk to, will ask you to do things that are in a different time zone or you can't achieve in your time zone. So you have to visit the same area in a different time period. Like, oh, we broke this thing. 
it's, it's terrible. So you go, oh, I know how to solve that. So you can, if, you, if you've got like that time zone earlier, you can go and steal the thing and then give it to them in the future or something. <laughs> <laughs> totally messing with it. Um, it's always fun, but, that kind of crap. Exactly. And in that respect, it's kind of, it is kind of interesting that they're, they're sort of messing with it and it's kind of weird. And because of that, maybe that's why we don't really know anything uh, about where the story's going or if there's a bigger story, because it's so caught up in ex- trying to explain the concepts of paradoxes. And if you change the future, you change the past. And you're like, wait, yeah. isn't that the wrong way around? What? Uh, all that stuff. They really try and drum that home in pretty much every bit of conversation they have. It's something about, yeah, time travel is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> pretty much. So I, I'm sort of in. And I don't yeah. But it's, it's present. This presentation is like typically is is pretty much identical to thirteen. So if you didn't dig that style, you're not going to mm. dig the style here. Not, um, I thought the style was okay. It was just like, um, well, the way the levels were corridors. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, or, I mean, I there's know. still some of that, and you do revisit areas, some of which are just lifted straight out of thirteen, but some of them right. are sort of using the assets, sort of, but with a different maze design. If you know what I mean. Mm. Um, like you, a lot of the areas, like the Sun Left Waterscape, you revisit the Yashas Massif, as it's called. You go back to the Archaut Step is the one I've just unlocked, which they've actually made look nicer than the one from 13 because it's got like swaying grass and stuff. And mysterious Cactuar statues that teleport you. Hmm. <laughs> What's that all about? Of course. Cactuars. Um, but most of the, I guess that's part of the problem, one of the, uh, it is kind of a problem, but it's not one you should really. I, you know, I didn't. It's not one I didn't expect. Was the 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 reused asset count is pretty high. Mm. So pretty much all of the monsters are just what you saw before, and so yeah, I guess that's the other major thing I haven't really spoke about. Combat is mostly the same, um, except you only really have two characters now, so you don't have to manage your team so much but you 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 have a third member of the team that takes the form of a charmed monster um so pretty much any monsters you meet in the field you can tame um and then bend them to your will to, but the monster only has one role and you're only allowed to take three monsters into battle so in your paradigm system you have a sort of limited range of what you can assign across your paradigm choices mm-hmm. Um, mm. Which is, I guess, is where some of the and some of the and the monsters level differently, which is and you have you have to like in, when you complete a fight, some of the spoils are like items that you feed to your creatures to make them level naturally. Um, <laughs> Eat your mags, but yeah, Eat your chows. <laughs> but the monsters will level in a different way. Like some of them will like can only have one loop of the crystarium, as they call it, and then they're done. And it's like they've reached the top. They've reached as far as they can go. And you're like, well, crap. Just like they're shitty monsters. You need better ones. Yeah. Well, it's like they give you like four little um, descriptive names for some of them. And like the one I'm, uh, the ones I look for where it says late bloomer. <laughs> that must be that mean our time is nearly up. With those birds. Yeah. <laughs> yep, indeed. <laughs> <That's our time. laughs> what a laugh was that? Uh, it was called Summit. Summit. Okay. There was Summit in that there was song. Summit in that song. <laughs> Mysterious. Yes. So Rob will have to complete his thoughts next time on the <laughs> games that you played that I know that we didn't talk about. 
What what were we um what were what we missing we miss? out on? Uh, I've got to try to remember now. <laughs> I, just about to talk to them. I know, but I can't remember now. I've been disrupted by something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Literally. I was going to talk That's about it. Tomb Raider. I was playing that. Oh, have you? Great. Yeah, amongst other things. <sighs> can, we, can we just go long? <laughs> it's already like, how much longer do you want it to be? <laughs> I've got... <laughs> What were your other things? I played a bit of Civ, played yep. a tiny, tiny bit more Beyond, but I can avoid talking about that. Yeah. Um, I played some other stuff on PC. I'm sure. Oh, I finished a Rogue Legacy new game, game plus run. I run. Okay, cool. That game but is yeah, good. I guess F, I game guess of the F13 year. Two is the main thing I needed to talk about. Yeah. Cool. Uh, we got it. But yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Do you have actually anything to say about Civ, even? Well, as predicted, I lost the game. Right. But in the end, it was much, much closer than I anticipated. Oh. I ended up losing to science by two turns. Oh. I had two turns to complete the thing You're that I wanted it. to do, the last piece, in my capital city. <laughs> and someone else did it. And someone else did it. The Arabs did it. That was nice. It was, yeah, but I, it... it Got quite dramatic towards the end because the Dutch and the Swedish decided to attack me again at random, <laughs> as they do. But the Swedish were super crappy still. Like um, after the last time, I decimated them. So it's like, well, screw you guys. I'm just walking you this time. I was nice before. <laughs> <laughs> and the Dutch just sent in an enormous naval fleet that, for some reason, was super easy to kill. Like ships suck in the C5. I don't. I, they outnumbered me greatly, but somehow I could just take them out. Like I had a few subs. Yeah, subs um, so yeah, it got kind of kind of tense at the end. But did you did you just like reload an auto save and try and find a way you could get that? Last I probably could have done. Had I not, I probably could have dialed back my military focus during the fight against the Dutch and the Swedes um, and got a bit more research. We just needed to go into that city and try and see if you could shuffle your citizens around to squeeze out a few extra production points instead of food or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because I was I was building the ship parts as soon as they got researched. Yeah. I um, mean, at that point in the game, you're practically just, yeah, you're basically building shit as soon as it's yeah. done. So it's a balance between just getting that last bit of research in the last bit of production. Yeah. Just need to refocus slightly. And I would have had it. But... I knew it was getting close, like was surprisingly close, because I thought the Arabs were miles ahead of me on the tech tree. Mm. And as it turns out, they just—I think they just delayed building stuff. Right. I think I got lucky well, a little bit. Because the players suck, probably. Yeah. They probably should have finished a lot quicker. But I tried distracting him at the end by trying to send, like, when I realised it was going to be close, I tried sending every unit I had into the, into the Arab territory to try exactly. and try and see if I could just derail their progress slightly. Well, I mean, it, it, that's the thing about the rocket thing at the end of Civ 5 now is that like if you're not building it in the actual capital city you actually have to send the parts to the thing and they're at an actual physical unit yeah. that theoretically can get destroyed. Yeah if I had a nuke which I was I thought about this time if I had thought of it earlier if I could build a nuke and just put it on their cap like maybe I would catch the bit of rocket as it was being transferred. Or, or just delay the production in the capital enough. Yeah something like, like that. Like fucking up all the terrain. Yeah. That, was, I, that ended up being kind of entertaining. Um and I'm now in two minds about whether to start again or just do the like leave it for ages and then try again, try another <laughs> run. I'm not sure. I, I, I kind of feel like it's cheating to re- like reload a save and do it again, even though the game was like 33 hours long. Naturally, <laughs> but. <laughs> and, yeah. but you don't want your scoreboard to be corrupted. 
Seaborn thing about Civ Five. Scoreboard. Scoreboard at the end, where it's like, you were as good as some shit guy because your score is bad. Whereas it rates you against historical figures. I didn't see that. Did you? No. That's kind of a cool feature. <laughs> I wonder who I was good as. I think like, the best I ever got was like Alexander the Great or something. It's like that's pretty oh, damn pretty good. good. Yeah, it's great. It's in his name. I think that was maybe the third or fourth rank on that historical figure chart. Hmm. Even though Alexander the Great is one of the guys in Civ, yeah, right, he's, yeah. the, he's the leader of Greece. <laughs> Which is Makes so sense. weird. Yeah. So yeah. That was the five. Oh, that's the thing I should talk about. Yeah. Saladcast got... Oh, yeah, I, this I, thing. I actually, I actually checked the Saladcast <laughs> Gmail account. Yeah, for maybe what? the first time ever. Why? Sort of, sort, sort of accidentally, because I was on the YouTube channel uploading our Final Fantasy video. Subtle plug. Yeah. And then um, accidentally I went to check my email, but I was still signed into the Saladcast account. And it's like... You've got all these emails from YouTube. It's like, <laughs> all right, what the hell is that one's not from YouTube? What is this? Um, so we the Soundcast actually got contacted, apparently on the basis of us knowing racing games from our videos, which is dubious to begin with, because we've only really done Need for Speed, Sonic Riders, and something else. Um, oh, um Flout, your terrible. Oh yeah, my, video my, my terrible recording of Flat Out, yeah. <laughs> Cause you know, this was back in the OBS days when we hadn't figured it out right. Yeah. Um yeah, and he's like, "Oh, you guys seem to know racing games. Why don't you try? Why don't you? Why don't you have a beta key to the to our game?" And it's like, "All right then." So I've been trying to play it. What game is it again? The, it's um... called Quantum Rush. It's right. Um, from what I saw of like the 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 the, the alpha video they've put out, I kind of looked at it and thinking, "All right, you've got my interest." Because it's it sort of vaguely like Wipeout. Um, yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's like a cross between Wipeout and F Zero, and it's like, okay, you have my attention. Um, but I've pretty much not been able to play it. Um, it's like two beats. <laughs> so okay. it looks like it's going to be a free-to-play game um, with fairly basic sort of research and craft progression, but then it turns into like a... Uh, what looks like a 16-player um, like combat race with hovercars. Except, uh, and I, I've... I can tell you this because I've, I've been. I was reading the terms like earlier while we were recording, like, and I, and I can't see anything about not being able to talk about the beta. <laughs> so they've never said anything to me. So what the hell? Let's go for it. And it's I don't know. Right now, as I say, it's been kind of unplayable um, because the the one time I got into a lobby with people in it, the lag was quite literally one second of input delay. Right. Wow. Which is okay. Weird. Yeah. To say the least, it was very, very hard to get around the track. Um, and regardless of that, even if it does work, the handling is kind of boring. <laughs> okay. Which is a bit of a problem. It's like, it's too simple. It's like, it's too direct. It's like, you know how F Zero is really responsive and really direct, but you've got that sort of slidey mechanic well, yeah. to. I mean, it's got air brakes, but they just make you turn faster. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know? Oh, right. It's okay. Like, it doesn't really have. Uh, it doesn't have any of Wipeout's momentum-y stuff and doesn't have any of the nuance of the F-Zero handling. Mm. Um, and it's not as fast, probably as either. At least in the state I'm in, there's other tiers, but I can't get to them because I can't race to gain more money. Right. So at this point, I, I may be missing some of it, but it's just not working. So 
But so anyway, you'll have to wait and see, I guess. But yes, okay. thanks very much to Game Art Studio for just either, <laughs> even considering us. To, even I was sure that was just a big old spam. Probably, yeah. To every you know. YouTube account that had games on it. <laughs> probably, quite probably. Mm, interesting, nonetheless. Yeah, it, it's sort of like, ooh, have we got recon- <laughs> recognition. <laughs> recognition <laughs> for the shit we make. But... I think we definitely get a hell of a lot more recognition for those stupid videos than we do for any casting that we do. <laughs> Apparently. Pretty sure That's you need to salad cast a little more on the videos. <laughs> yeah. Even though every video ends with go to happy salad.net. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but people are lazy. They want to click on the things in the right-hand side of the bar next to the video they just watched, I guess. Which Maybe, makes it really yeah. annoying the way that, that, you, that YouTube changed what it put in that box. Because now it like puts stuff that it thinks you'll like in general, rather than things related to that video at the top, which is yeah, really it's fucking sort of annoying. a weird mix, isn't it? It's like it's sort of related, but most of the time, then it will just go off and so like link something from Giant Bomb or something. Exactly, <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, but I wanted stuff related to this match. Yeah. Anyway, a little bit hard to stay on the flow. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 wraps me up. Yeah. Cool. Can we only spend like an extra 10 minutes? Yeah. Well, unless Dan wants to talk about Tomb Raider. <laughs> Come on. Well, I only just really started it, um, so there isn't much to say. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not like hugely enthused. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep playing it, definitely. But uh, it's like, um, I don't know, I'm not really gripped well, by where, the... where are you? Oh, uh, God, where am I? Have you fought some dudes yet? Yeah, I fought some dudes. Um, I killed the dude, the first dude with the quick time event. Yeah. Uh, I, I, um, yeah, fought my way through a fiery village thingy. Oh, that's uh, kind of cool, that sequence. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Uh, it had some sort of stealth element to it, which was kind of all right. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the start of Far Cry 3, but not, not, not as cool. <laughs> not weird enough. No, but because that that really had that amazing character of Far Cry Three at the start, the crazy mm. evil dude. Um, whereas this doesn't really like the characterization is not. I don't know. I don't really like her. Uh, She's quite uh, moany at the start yeah. of the game. Well, I can um, understand. Like, obviously, it's. A, but um, I find myself just going. I understand that it's supposed to make it feel like, okay, she's totally out of her depth and she's really hurt and all this and it's all a disaster and stuff. And when she is like whining a little bit, it's like, it kind of makes sense. She's like, oh God, this is a disaster. And it's like, well, actually, yeah, it probably would be if you put yourself in that situation. But for me, mm-hmm. I just want to get control back. So I'm just like, get a grip, Lara. Just get up. I want to move you with my control stick rather than you being in a cutscene. That's that's yeah. my motivation. I want to play the game. Get get a grip and stand up and start walking. <laughs> stop. Yeah. I mean, stop. It, it does get better from where you are. Yeah, I, mean, I think right. it will. It is, it is. It is kind of like, especially at that start. It's very much. You, this is the only way you can go. Exactly, um, but that's fine and that's cool. I mean, it'll open up a little bit. I expect. I can tell from the campsite system and the way some of the areas are slightly opening up that it's not totally a a corridor. But I don't even mind corridors if they're well constructed. Um, yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, there are there are sections. There are definitely sections of the game where it's trying to tell story where it forces you down that road. But every now and then, you hit these like bigger areas. That the bigger areas, yeah. Kind of and interesting it, to explore. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It, it, it seems to run okay. I don't. I quite like the bow. It's fine. The, you know, you pretty much use that for the entire game if you want. 
Yeah, exactly. Like it seems to be quite effective against enemies, especially when you start upgrading it and shit. Yeah, um, it's perhaps not so good once you get like starting to get rushed by several dudes when they're aware of your presence. But yeah, exactly. When you're at range, it's pretty handy. Yeah, so I was quite enjoying it, but I was thinking to myself, am I just jaded about like like big production, like you know, cutscenes and and. And do I just not care anymore? Do I only like indie games now or some shit? Uh, I was getting a bit confused. Uh, although, uh, that although it, it's has not crossed my mind actually quite a lot over the last I don't know, I guess year or so. But then it's... what I actually ended up doing was because I I felt like because it was a little bit of shooting, but I was like for a while now I've been thinking I kind of want to play a shooter a little bit. I want to <laughs> shoot stuff a bit because I haven't been doing it much. Um, so I started playing Max Payne 3 again, and that has really long cutscenes and stuff, but somehow, and the character is quite whiny, but somehow it's so well done that I didn't really mind, I didn't mind as much. It's like, actually, I don't mind watching this because this is kind of an, a unique setting, you know, with the, with the South America stuff mm. and, uh, an interesting, somewhat interesting characters and story. It's not just, uh, oh, abandoned, you know, Rana, Rana. How many times have I washed up on a Pacific island? That's like got got old old like World War Two planes, you know, <laughs> hanging from parts of the jungle and shit. And there's bad paramilitary dudes on there for no reason. Who but are, is the adventure games equivalent of FPS as World War Two? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, where did it start with like Far Cry or something? The first one, maybe. I don't know. Or probably before that. But even so, it's like, geez. Well, Far Cry was a shooter, but you know, yeah, stuck it, on an island thing is. It's kind of always been there, hasn't it, for that sort of game? I guess, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's fine. it's a I very mean, convenient tool, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, it's convenient for making a game where it's just like, there's sea around it. <laughs> there's yeah, no map true. out here. We can just stop you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't have yeah. to create random artificial barriers, like Skyrim. But, yeah. Like, like, like a mountain that for some reason you can't walk over. Well, yeah, even like Infamous, is set on the city is a big set of islands, and it's... <laughs> So yeah, so that's what, and I've been Just quite enjoying uh, uh, Max Payne. I, I remembered that the uh, the it's not very well balanced like mechanically. So I remembered that, and I just set it to easy, and it's a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know how some games are more fun on hard mode because they're more of a challenge and some games are just mm. more fun on easy because they're just frustrating on hard or whatever like you can't, mm. I mean Halo is clearly more fun on hardcore than it is on easy it's really boring yeah you want, uh, you want it on that level between, was it Heroic, yeah. isn't it? But the one between yeah, Heroic and Legendary. Heroic, that's the one. Whereas this Max Payne, it's like, the if you set it to easy, it doesn't make the enemies any easier or any less of them. It just gives you more ammo and health pickups and, and bullet time. And that's all you need to make it more fun. So, cool. <laughs> just set it to easy. Anyway, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Uh, what else? And I also played something else. Uh... I can't remember. Oh yeah, I played. <laughs> I played. Speaking of going back to old games, but when I was needing to play a shooter, I played the start of Black Mesa's Horse again, and that's still awesome. <laughs> Super cool. Anyway, uh, and that's free, so download that if you haven't. And they still haven't released the Zen part, so so. Actually, but you don't really need that, do you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, cool. So that's it, and uh, I'll play more Tomb Raider for next time, I guess. Uh, yeah, as I say, it does get, it does get better. The yeah. story doesn't, but the gameplay does. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the important part, really. 
Yeah. So at the point you're at, the story is kind of non-existent anyway. Well, so yeah, it's... it's just a like a woo. But I don't, I didn't, I don't mind the the story parts. I mean, it's barely even starting. But it's like I just didn't feel much sympathy for. I just didn't engage with the character of Lara really. No, because uh, it's no, like no. I was like, get a grip, you're Lara Croft. Get up! I want to run around. <laughs> I, I guess it's hard, isn't it, from a gameplay perspective to feel like for a weak and moany character because you're you as the player yeah. going right what shit am i going to do next yeah when when's the cool bit coming? yeah when's up? the cool bit coming <laughs> especially when that character is you i mean it's all right if there's a a vulnerable character or whatever that you have to i don't know it's annoying to do escort missions obviously but it's okay, okay to have characters that aren't you that are you know vulnerable and stuff but when it's like you are a bit useless and you're the guy playing or girl playing it's a bit like, well, come on. I mean, you can do it, but you need to, I don't know, you, you, you need to pull off something special to make that work. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to think of a game that does that really well. Uh, usually you're pow- you're in control and powerful no matter how who you are or what the situation. Like if you're Commander guess, Shepard or whatever. Or you... I guess Uncharted 3 just had the drug section. <laughs> right. <laughs> where, where like Nathan's just totally high. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still Nathan just Drake. Made, just he's made the world like, all super wobbly. He's still super cool, though. Uh, you're sort of imagining bad guys, and yeah, you're still yeah. doing you're still doing cool stuff, I suppose. But. I guess Max Payne had like those uh, nightmare sequences. No, they were terrible in terms of actual gameplay, but they were quite cool. Kind of, they, yeah, they had narrative story wise, yeah, yeah, um, where you had no idea what was going on and everything was messed up and weird. Why um, is my path a blood trail? <laughs> that was so it was so good in conceptually space. and then so bad mechanically where you had to like do first person well you had to do like Third platforming person. on blood trails which was the stupidest thing ever <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah uh, that's one thing max Payne 3 misses is it doesn't have all the weird insane mysticism crap from max Payne one mm. all that weird like wasn't the there cult. a bit yeah the occult stuff there was a bit there was a room in max Payne one where where there was like an occult um uh sacrifice where someone was like you know murdered on on a pentagram or something and then there was yeah. some like some like graffiti of like uh uh you know uh, there was some buffy the vampire slayer based graffiti i think saying you know buffy is lame or something i can't remember <laughs> this is real this is real occult <laughs> it's like that, that was quite hilarious Oh man, that's a dated reference from an old yeah. game. I think that game Probably. came out actually slightly before The Matrix, right? Because they kind of had bullet time before it managed to get patented or whatever. I don't know, actually. Yeah. It was roughly the same time. Because yeah, it's very it kind close. Of, yeah, because it kind of did have the... Um, at the end of Max Payne, it kind of had a kind of lame version of the the lobby scene from the yeah. very, in the very last level of the game. And it used to be the... Um... Uh, the, the, what a part of what it used to be a part of 3D Mark, but they used right, they used yeah. the Max Payne engine to make a lobby scene. The lobby yeah. scene, yeah, that was cool. That was better than the part that actually appeared in the game. <laughs> anyway, just trying to just trying to look it up actually because I know the Matrix came out ninety nine. Yeah, ninety nine. Uh, the game was two thousand and one. Well, Max Payne one. Yeah. Oh shit! I thought so it was uh... it, it, a couple couple of years after Matrix. Oh, interesting. Okay, fair enough. Came out on the Game Boy Advance. Man, that must have been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, the, what even the fuck was that? 
Oh, and Max Payne 3 <laughs> looks freaking awesome. It probably still looks better than Tomb Raider, although that might be my system. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's probably more art than technical, I think. It's technically like, pretty good, though. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's animation rather than raw polygons, I think, with Max Payne, from what I've seen of it, anyway. Right, okay, yeah. It's like it's 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 good looking, but it's not. If you were to look at it on a purely technical level, I think like Tomb Raider kind of just outdoes it, just in how some of that water looks and how some of that. Um, right. I don't. Are you able to put tress effects on? No, I didn't switch that on because I didn't think it was worth it. But... The frame rate harbor. Yeah. <laughs> the frame rate harbor. It wasn't that bad on my machine actually. But it's... I think it's it's switched on in the Xbox One. Um, but the definitive release. edition that's yeah. due out. Very shortly. Yeah, I think it's out. Like, maybe, maybe next week, or maybe it might already be out. Actually. Mm. Anywho, that's me. So uh, I think we'll wrap up this podcast now. We've gone way over. Yep. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, catch you next time on the Salcast, and uh, we'll have more crazy shit for you to listen to. <laughs> more discussions of black holes and shit. Probably not. <laughs> Science. <laughs> Science. <laughs> So it's <laughs> and we might even have a new theme tune before long so because it's time for still season, a while. season yeah it's still a little while it's like yeah. mid-march that's but we'll, we'll get there we'll get there it's in the works and there might it's even done. be some uh, there might even and be then some we outtakes outtakes uh, indeed well, that might take a bit longer no you didn't did they ever post season three i don't think you did oh. make sure you uh <laughs> check out our youtube page for more of zach and rob playing Final Fantasy 7 which is more entertaining than you'd think we should really do uh, some more beer I was thinking like perhaps going back perhaps we should do some more N64 stuff or like stuff we really enjoyed like like maybe I'd, we'd break out and just do a playthrough of Lilac Wars or something or <laughs> with a zombie you really enjoyed do you, do you not like I never maybe, played this oh well maybe we get you to do a playthrough of no. Lilac Wars yeah but then that would be that interesting because I'd be not as good I guess but <laughs> I would there you know go. all the tricks to going the weird routes yeah. Video content like to come. So uh, look out for that, and we'll catch you next time. So bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Any, any sign off sound today? Black holes. Black holes. The bloody thing. Yeah.